I hate you, but I agree with you on a lot of cases. Hello and welcome to episode number 91 of Grumpy Old Benz for Friday, September 4th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is nice, it's sunny, and somebody is sending me alcohol. And from America's left coast, where if there's anything more important than my ego around, I want it caught and shot now. I'm Ryan Bemrose. I mean, to you or to the rest of the world? Does it matter? No, I guess not. I suppose not. And I should probably turn I mean, my it's ringer good to off. want things. Well, yeah, that is absolutely true. But I am and also, it's always good to, to be quoting Zappoid Beetle Brooks. So. Well, and if, yeah, everybody's OK. Here's here's a question for you. What percentage of grumpy old Ben's listeners do you believe have read at least the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the book and or and or the whole trilogy, which there are four books. Um, well, the, there's five books in the trilogy. There are not only oh, the. Uh, Yes, the 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 one of the taglines to uh, on the back of the book for the fifth one was uh, in the increasingly inappropriately named Hitchhiker's trilogy. <laughs> There's some good stuff, and then you have the uh, Dirk Gently oh, stuff. It's fantastic, yeah. And and every grumpy old Ben's listener needs to have immersed themselves in that at least once, even if it's only the the what 2005 movie or whatever year that came out. That was bad. I mean, that's though. Not, it was a bad movie, but it was still somewhat hilarious and had a lot of the points in it so you would understand some of what they were saying that is true that is true but it's hard it's one of those books that it's hard to capture exactly what they were trying to get across i mean it's just so out there at times that trying to make it into a movie just didn't really work and the first one wasn't even a book originally it was a radio play yes yeah so if you're ever wondering why the the first one third of the book didn't really seem to flow very well as a story, it's because he took this script from a radio play and just adapted it to writing. You know, Douglas Adams had a intriguing sense of humor. No doubt about that. And yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff I know from the BBC that I've got those the radio plays. There were uh, there was a game made too. one of the early computer games was a, the what the Titanic. Uh, just some really bizarre stuff that the guy put out. No question about it. But I yes. do believe it is a it is a grumpy old Ben's kind of fan thing. Yeah, that, yeah. Douglas Adams isn't a good topic for this. It's going to make me lose my grumpy. <laughs> it's, it's something that makes you happy. OK, we found something now. If you ever want to take Sir uh, Ryan Bemrose out of his grump, what you just got to do is uh, get him talking about Douglas Adams. But, yeah, I'm watching the uh, the little camera out front of my house because I am. In a bunker, literally below grade. We've talked about that before. And so what you're saying is you're spying on everybody outside. Yes. Well, just right out front of my window here of the house, you know, it's good that we're so you're spying on all the peeping Toms who are staring in your windows. Right. I mean, some people have ring doorbells. No, I just put uh, full on cameras in the windows and point them outside because I got a bunch of probably like five, hey, my, well, five to my, ten. And so not all of them my, were my good. technique is. My my technique is is a little bit different. I don't have a camera. What I have is a second story window where I can look down on people walking up my driveway. 
well, yeah, you could do that. But see, I'm in a bunker, so I'm not at the front of the house, so I wouldn't be able to do that. And it's good because at the front of the house right now, the one of the houses right across the street's getting a new roof. So we'd be hearing a lot of pounding and uh, and uh, some Tejano yeah. music. So there's some I mean, it's not I don't mind the music. I actually kind of enjoyed that when I opened up the window to see what was going on. But FedEx we got a robocall last night, and I just assume that all of these robocalls that you get are fake because they usually are. And it was just a really bad it started out with like a weird little doodle doo some weird music playing, which I thought was really kind of weird, too. But then they go into the automated voice saying, hey, you there, you're going to have a package delivered tomorrow that needs a signature 21 and over to be able to get the package. And I'm like, I didn't order anything. I certainly didn't order anything that would be signature required. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I get why, but you go to the tracking number online and it shows, yeah, there's going to be a delivery in from one town here in the Chicago area to my little town here in the Chicago area. So, okay, it's a legitimate tracking number that was given, but it doesn't tell you who it's coming from. Well, they're legitimately tracking you anyway. Well, of course they got to track the package. So I called up FedEx and they put me through to a guy in India who I could barely understand, but I understood him enough. Once I got him to spell the things he was saying, because I'm like, well, where is this coming from? And he gave me the name of a local uh, liquors chain there's like six stores in the chicago area none right by the house here but obviously they had my name so it wasn't like just the wrong address or anything like that so it seems or 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 the people who listen to your shows are better at cyber stalking than you give them credit for that's possible and i mean if they're going to do that and then send me booze okay that seems win-win yeah, to me I, it honestly kind of that's the kind of cyber stalking i can get behind yes i mean that's you I mean it's usually you know, people that want to come Which to makes a me disappointed that I've hid my address so well, I guess. Right. You're like, uh, let me start publishing that. If I yeah. if I knew yeah, like, there were there were going to be alcohol, somebody does, you know, goes and buys a, a two hundred bottle of two hundred dollar bottle of liquor and just addresses Ryan Bemrose or Sir Ryan Bemrose left coast. It may get there. It'll it'll get there. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just just try it. But it'll get drank regardless. Don't don't put it through the United States Postal Service. So then it'll never get there. It will never yeah. get there. Did, did you see the? So, well, at least someone will drink it. I can assure you. Yeah, somebody will eventually get it. Did you see the post I made to No Agenda Social yesterday about the vinyl that I ordered? I I'm pretty sure if I saw anything about vinyl, I dismissed it as spam. But go on. Probably, but I just posted a little map because I ordered some a vinyl. Uh, Billie Eilish, so Fletcher will like that. The live thing that she did at third man records jack white's record label had his place isn't over she there. the mascara model i think so now yeah. the there are limited edition that came out for record store day so i'm like well this will probably go up in value and i found a little shop uh the guy that i buy from here which is a great little store in elgin illinois called rediscover records his billy eilish sold out immediately although i did get a pogues record from him and that's still in the mail too but i went on ebay and I was happy to find somebody that was actually selling these things for the normal price that they were selling them for right out, you know, on record store day, rather than the normal thing, which is double the price and more on eBay. So I ordered a couple of them. But the story here is the place I ordered them from is in Indianapolis, which I can drive to Indianapolis. I mean, now with one eye, maybe it'll take a little longer, but I could drive to Indianapolis in just about two, two and a half hours. 
And this stuff was all sent out on Monday. It's now Friday. But the last I looked, it started in Indianapolis and now it's in Des Moines, Iowa. So I don't know why they just drove by Chicago and went a few hundred more miles. And that's where well, it you is. can you can assume that they're routing it through Portland, Kenosha, you know, the usual places. Maybe this is. A, yeah, they probably have a lot of bricks and stuff that have to be delivered very quickly for rioting and looting. And but when people talk about the post office, this isn't the first time. And a couple other people chimed in on the packages they had ordered from our buddy Cal lavenderblossoms.org with the great salves. My mom, my wife both love those things. and. It seems that there's a lot of weirdness going on in the United States Postal Service, and this isn't really a surprise that people are a little concerned when it comes well, to the mail-in voting. Get, can can you blame them for screwing up some of the deliveries after they drink all of that booze that they're transporting? That's I don't think legally I don't think the post office can handle booze, but it's like do you think people tell you the truth? That's what I always <laughs> love. Would you show how up? long have you been in 2020 again? Yeah. And, and what makes you think that laws matter anymore? When you show up at the post office and they're like anything liquid, fragile, perishable or whatever. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> do you, have, do you ever check? Like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, damn it. You know, they're like, do you have any, do you have any very expensive liquor? And if so, how long was it barrel aged? Right. I mean, why does it sound like there's liquid in here when I shake it? I don't know. No, don't worry about that. Just, just let it go, go, let it send. But I mean, Donald Trump. Is he not the ultimate troll? I do. I mean, there's a lot of things that I understand why people don't like about him because he has a personality and he says things that are a little bit abrasive at times. But the fact that he is the ultimate troll. I can relate to that. Yeah, I can relate to that, too. But I understand why some people don't. It's the ultimate troll that he went out. I understand that some people have no sense of humor, but that doesn't mean that I have to humor them. That's the so many people don't have a sense of humor right now. Donald Trump, not one of those people, because when you come out and announce on national television, whatever he was doing when he was what, Virginia somewhere like or South Carolina, he was somewhere. I mean, I don't know where, but he was somewhere. And he said, well, you know, I, I suggest everybody that wants to vote for me vote twice. Now, this was genius <laughs> for oh my one simple reason, because, because every single Every single blogger at a mainstream news outlet are going to lose their fucking shit about a comment like that. Right. But why? That's the question. Why are they losing their shit when Donald Trump is going to spin it into? He's telling people to cheat. He is. But what are they also telling us with vehemence up until this point? Uh, That the post office is that it's impossible to cheat with mail in voting. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) That's been the left. You know, the, That's been the mantra. The, the, the you, political messaging from both sides switches so often these days. It's really hard to tell. I try not to pay too much attention to what people are saying because it turns out people are really stupid. They even are in the best of years. They are. But the left, that's this whole thing was, well, mail in voting. Of course, it's safe. There's not going to be any anything wrong at all. There's not going to be any fraud. There's not going to be any corruption. Mail-in voting is the safest thing in the world. Donald Trump says vote twice. Oh my God, how dare he say that? Well, no. (laughs) Isn't that like the uh, uh, yeah. Well, which is it then, right? Which is it? Is it is it if you're if you're afraid that he said that because it's going to cost mass cause massive amounts of fraud, then you are admitting that mail-in voting can lead to massive amounts of fraud. Correct? Or am I missing the logic bomb here? 
the, the, the most fascinating voting related story that I read uh, was I, I saw it come from a couple different places, but I think it was all one firm. Uh, there was a lot of doom and gloom about people saying, you know, it, uh, uh, what did it start with? It, Hillary said, Biden, even if you lose on election night, don't concede. Right. And there was a firm that said, well, uh, it looks like Trump will appear to win on election night, but don't worry because the flood of mail-in ballots coming in over the next week will co- completely reverse it. If that is not an admission that someone's going to be fucking cheating, I don't know what is. Right. I mean, that really seems like we've got a bunch of like, people ready to put oh, more ballots in the mail if we lose. Oh, yeah. Over the next week, we're we're going to be manufacturing all the ballots. You know, I've, I've told the story on this show before about, you know, Washington state has all mail in ballots and the the 2004 government election that we had where. On election night, it was it was really, really close. But the the Republican uh, Dino Rossi had uh, like a half percent lead, maybe, uh, you know, 15,000, 20,000 votes in in the state of, of seven million. So, it was, I mean, that's really close. And it was enough to trigger a statutory automatic recount. Well, that's fine, except that during the recount, uh the most populous county in the state, King County, the, the most leftist county, the one containing Seattle, um, their elections department just happened to find another room. Oh, are we are we cracking beers already? <laughs> I think I wanted to Dvorak. You wanted to see if that would throw you, you off you like it did Adam. Dvorak me. <laughs> you Dvorak me. Yes. So, no, anyways, the. When this election was going on, the, the automatic recount was triggered. The The Republican was up by, you know, 15,000 votes. Automatic recount is triggered. And King County, the Seattle County, mysteriously found uh, several boxes of ballots that they had not seen the first time around. Just, I mean, I guess like, hey, does anyone use this closet? Well, I don't know. I saw Francis fucking in there earlier, but uh, they Hey, look, ballots, where these come from? So they counted those. And in the recount, it suddenly was a lot closer, like on the order of 800 votes. And the Republican was still winning. And so the Democrat sued to get another recount saying it was too close. And so the judge said, "Okay, you're going to have to recount it again. So every single county out there goes and grabs the boxes of ballots that they had already counted. Start sifting through it again. Almost all the counties came to the same count. But what a mystery. King County found a few more boxes of ballots that hadn't been counted. Just found them like, hey, what are these doing here, Fred? Oh, just, you know, we're sitting there just in case we need to print up a bunch more. Dem- and lo and behold, by 37 votes, the Democrat won on the second recount. And she ended up ruining running the state for the next eight years. Wait, no, no recount after that. It's just it's, we keep recounting until the Democrat wins and then we stop. Yeah, it's the EU way. That, that was how they got the European Union founded you know, years ago. That's that's how when when a bureaucratic institution decides that this is the the outcome that they want ahead of time, they just put it up for a vote so that you have the illusion of choice and then force you to keep revoting until you get the result you want. Yeah, get the vote you want, and then we can stop. We don't have to vote, and we don't have to uh, keep counting yeah. any time after that. 
Absolutely. Well, why would you ever? It's it's like the the old adage, you know, when when you're searching for something, it's always in the last place you look because only stupid people would continue looking after you find it. It's just like with the vote. Once you get the result you want, why would you keep voting? Now, the United States is no stranger to having votes that are very, very close, which does pose a problem. I mean, the years that, you know, like Obama, you had a landslide that was easy. There was really no question about it. Reagan, his second term landslide, no question about it. These years where it is so close. Uh, Trump, second term landslide, no doubt about it. it, I'm not going to say that's not true because I do believe in not to use the cliche, but the silent majority. I think there's a lot of people watching what's going on in the United States right now with and it's not even civil unrest. It is just out and out lawlessness because there is there was a woman. It's it's not civil. No. And there was a woman that was asking Biden a question and went off book and very, you know, simply said that there is a difference between rioting and looting and people that are protesting. I respect people that protest that are just looking to get their voice heard. Now, if you're driving your car into the front of a, uh, you know, first, you know, fur emporium or jewelry store or whatever and running in and grabbing all the merchandise, you're not a protester. You're a criminal. And there's a difference. And I don't think the average person, I don't care what your color is. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care anything about your background. I think the vast majority of people understand that they want to live in a country where the laws actually protect the citizens. That's the only reason to have laws. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. my, my, my favorite, by the way, my, you, you brought this up. My favorite quote this week was from Chris Cuomo, uh, who I believe is on CNN. Yes. And he says, uh, tell me where it says that protests must be peaceful. Um, the constitution, you dumb motherfucker. Right there in the First Amendment, where it says you have the right to peaceably assemble, it doesn't say you have the right to violently assemble. That's not cool. No, it's not. And there was, I mean, there's a lot of these videos uh, flying around there, but there was one of a gas station, a service station, you know, Circle K, something like that, that was totally, of course, looted and destroyed. And there was a black lady. Things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah. And there was a black lady out front just screaming that this was her place, man. That, you know, this is a black owned business. Nobody cares. No, they don't. Mob mentality, higher reasoning functions, you know, the kind that would be necessary to try to decide friend from foe. It's it's well understood. Those go out the window the moment you enter a mob mentality state, which is one of the reasons why mobs are so dangerous, because the, the main reason of avoiding conflict is to to reason with somebody and appeal to their better nature and mobs don't have a better nature, which is why uh, the only effective ways of, of dealing with a mob is to either exhaust their fuel, which uh, you know could mean the city's completely gone, or it could mean you just, you know, get them to sober up, which is, you know, uh, or you have to give them something to fear bigger than you know do you you've got to appeal to emotion and and overpowering force would would do that i mean if you got a, a mob of antifas going up and and you know trump rolled in tanks by the way not recommending this this would be terrible but if you know just straight up full military went in and 
you'd see these riots calm down in a big hurry because they're not equipped for that. No, and some of them have. And if there's not much else that's going to do because you can't reason with with people once they've entered a mob. And if you caught the no agenda show yesterday, Adam talked about having somebody that he believed as far as a boots on the ground, knowing what's going on, that mentioned that these National Guard units that are going in to quell the violence, that there are special forces sprinkled into these, which is, you know, things are getting serious, but. This isn't just sending in, you know, a part time weekend warrior that is going in to quell this violence. If they're sending in, you know, Navy SEALs and Rangers and those kind of things, something might actually start getting done. I yeah. But is it the something that we want? I I don't know. Well, the bottom um, line is I, the violence has to come to an end. And well, I, I what feel do like you do? we really missed our opportunity because none of these kids were ever spanked as a child. That would have been the right time to do it. Yeah, to learn that lesson. But this is way beyond. It takes a whole lot more property insurance to spank them now. This is way beyond anything that a normal, reasonable person would have been able to envision 10, 20, 30 years ago, even that we're going to have DAs in these major areas, including Chicago and New York, that refuse to prosecute criminals. This is. Yes. This is a recipe for disaster, because once you know it's the land of lawlessness, the criminals do whatever the hell they want. And everybody, I'm sure, has seen the story already. And I don't know if this has really been proven yet. I haven't seen cops falling left and right yet here in Chicago. But there was a story that all of the major gangs in the Chicago area have gotten together to play whack-a-cop. And if that is the truth. Then it is going to get way worse. So all the the major gangs, except for the cops, right? All the, all the gangs against the cops, all all the gang, all the other gangs got together against the one rival gang that, that was government funded. Yeah. And if that's the case, then the cops here in Chicago are probably going to get the, the Rangers and the seals. Yeah. I mean, they, (laughs) they have a lot of resources. They can bring in troops from elsewhere that this is not going to end well and if that's really happening then my recommendation to anybody any civilian still in chicago get out even if you have to like walk or swim across the river because they keep trying to trap people in by putting the bridges up or whatever just get out if if this is if this is going to change from the occasional skirmish to an all-out gang war against cops you don't want to be there no, you don't want to be anywhere near there. Uh, somebody did mention on No Agenda Social that there was going to be a stripper protest in Chicago. Uh, either today I, you or know, next- I might actually I, I'd attend that Zoom meeting <laughs> and, uh, you know, out in the Daily Center, I think here. And somebody's like, hey, maybe get, get us some boots on the ground. And I'm like, I haven't been in downtown Chicago in at least five years. And their answer was, well, that's probably why you're still alive. It explains that. Yeah. <laughs> I and I haven't been in downtown Chicago for at least that long. Yeah, and it's I mean it's sad, it's scary that you see this stuff going on all around the country and we get right back to people voting in November. I think you, you that- mentioned the the prosecutors. I I wanted to to pull in a left coast story just 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 to throw it in. Um you have you ever heard of Contra Costa County? Apparently it's right near San Francisco. Yes, yeah, I have. The 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 DA of Contra Costa County, uh, a person by the name of Diane Becton, who the the uh, Zero Hedge article that I read made sure to point out that she was Soros funded. But uh, 
I think that she can also be hung for her own crimes and not just his. Um, she has ordered the city attorneys to consider the looter's needs before filing charges. Right. When somebody loots in her county. Right. If you're poor, just, you won't get you won't yeah. be uh, prosecuted. And the 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 note said uh, uh, investigators. Uh, in, this is the DA office deciding whether to bring criminal charges. Investigators must now consider factors, including was the theft committed for financial gain or personal need? A- anybody sane in California, get out. Well, this makes sense because this is the mantra. This is what the people that want Marxism and communism believe. They don't believe in any personal property. So this is why, oh, you, you, were a crime of stealing under a thousand dollars, we're not going to prosecute you. Now it's going to be, oh, well, you stole that fifty thousand dollar automobile. Oh, but you're poor. Hey, well, that's okay. This is all this, you know, th- that person that dared to buy that car. How dare they have money? It's yeah. okay, you took it. And and the, it kind of conveniently ignores the the question of what exactly what personal need is satisfied by setting a Walmart on fire. Well, okay, maybe maybe a wall. Actually, I understand a lot of people's need to burn a Walmart, but um, say a, a local salon owned by a, a local business person who's active in the community. And again, mob rule doesn't care. But w- what need do you have for just destroying? Not, like beyond looting. Okay, looting you. You know, there. The, if your if your mind is sufficiently warped by these marxist ideas you can be like well looting means that you get what they have and that's just redistribution of wealth but what kind of redistribution is it when you're just randomly destroying stuff when you take a a, a, a textile store and burn it well nobody's getting rich off of that no well it's all again part of the whole communism concept is to burn the cities because their theory this goes back to the 50s was that your average middle class American is way too soft and the minute they look out the window and see the orange glow of things burning that they're just going to give in to whatever and this is the concept which is oh no well yeah bring in bring in biden bring in these commies oh that'll stop the violence yes if it'll stop the violence it's it's good and i don't get that mentality i i violence they're I, I something I've always I've, I've always I, I say I, I usually say it in jest, although it is it is literally true is uh, violence can solve every problem. And if you have a problem that violence isn't solving, you just need to use more of it. But the problem is violence very, very rarely solves problems satisfactorily. And it's usually not in the way you want. And I I'm. Uh, you know, tongue in cheek, I'll, cont- I'll always say, hey, yeah, you know, can you solve this problem with violence? But um, it, it's not the way that you want to solve problems if you want to live with somebody afterward, which is kind of what people have to do if we're going to all stay in the same geographical area. Well, that was the issue. And the minute Trump got elected in this resist movement came up, this wasn't people dealing with each other in a rational manner any longer. The resist thing was absolute i mean and trump points it out constantly because he is the ultimate troll he should really just start going down the some of these talking points that the democrats want and say he wants it because then they can't be for it i mean i I really i do believe if trump came out today and said oh you know what this green new deal seems like the best thing ever let's do it aoc would be like oh no no fuck the green new deal well honey it's yours i Uh, i hate bringing up that woman (laughs) 
She's she, your favorite. She does not deserve any attention at all. Somebody send Ryan a AOC poster, please. And like the Farrah Fawcett pose. I, I That's fine. I've got a, I've got a wood stove. That's where all my spam mail goes. <laughs> well, you got to heat the house in the winter. Yeah. It's an, and unfortunately her hot air is not going to be enough. No, now you need a little bit more, but that is the, I think, I think the first place where the, the resist movement, I, you know, the, the, the idea of, of, you know, hashtag not my president and, and resist was, I, I really, really crystallized for me that this is not rational. And these people are genuinely being retarded and, and have continued since before the election was, uh, who, who was that? The, the actor in the transformer movies who stood in New York and was like, for four years, we're going to stay here and chant that we resist Trump. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like a real and, good uh, idea or use of your time. No, it was, uh, what, what the fuck was his name? Like LaBeouf or something? Oh yeah. Shia. Shia LaBeouf. Is that, yeah. That Shia, guy, Shia. I, I, he, that was probably one of the first times when I, and I know that there were other examples, but when I looked at this and went, you honestly think that this is even a, a it was the point when I realized there are a lot of people who have microphones in their face or cameras in their face that are just plain fucking bonkers. And I, I, I have since learned that, um, you know, that that is, well, first of all, that's the, the attitude that is being drilled into all of our childs today uh, in, you know, what, what we've been taught We're we're no longer teaching critical thinking. We're teaching lead with your emotions and whatever feels good, go with it. And, and if you don't get your way, then throw a tantrum. You know, these are all our three-year-old behaviors, but now we're getting them out of college students. But I, I never realized at the time I was like, okay, there's a few Hollywood people who are completely out of their fucking gourd. And somewhere along the line, I realized that that is at least 51% of the country. I mean, that that's what it has turned into. We, you know, people who use critical thought and rational thinking to make their decisions are now a minority, which is why uh, we're all pretty well fucked because they're just going to keep voting in people who are activists who lead with their retarded emotions and and go out and say resist because for resistance sake. And I'm. Right, because we don't like this, but we don't like the president. Well, this is one sad that we're just a matter of weeks now from the next presidential election. And one side hasn't accepted the last all the way up to Hillary Clinton, who is still making stupid statements about she won and blah, blah, blah. This, you know, there's no other way to go about this. The left believes that the whole system is not legitimate. So I don't even understand why they're taking part in the thing this time, because. They've already admitted the whole thing's not legitimate. Trump's not really the president should have never been elected. So what does that do when their guy, let's just say Biden gets elected. Well, then the switch just flips to the other side. Yeah. And Democrats warn that Trump might not respect the results of the 2020 election. And they have says the party <laughs> says the party who haven't have not respected for four years, the results of the 2016 election. Yes. And that is an issue. I mean, I understand nobody likes losing, but the fact that one of the two major political parties has been going on for about four years now, that it wasn't fair, it wasn't right, it wasn't just, that is a really bad thing for the country. It really it's, is. It's because their demographics shifted. They became the party of petulant children and have to behave that way now. 
It's how they relate to their base. Yeah. You know, I guess the, you're right. The, the people who are the people who are going to bring about real change in that party are not the the petulant kid base because that you know the the progressive left or whatever you want to call them the the far radical left the the people who have been totally indoctrinated and think that that you know high, uh, electing democrats is just a convenient stepping stone on the path to uh total communist takeover of the country there are a lot of people who really seem to think that these days those are not the people who are going to bring about real change, though. The people who are going to bring out real change in the Democrat Party are the people like my mother-in-law, who have been very comfortable her whole life voting Democrat because you just know through inertia that, uh, you know, the, the Democrats take care of you and the Republicans take advantage of you. And that's just the way it's always been. And I, they they don't actually pay any attention to what's going on out there. They just know that this is. And, and, you know, she probably made her decision back in 1963 when they were the party of, of civil rights. And I got to say that whole civil rights thing was a pretty good idea. And it was sure would be nice if we weren't doing exactly the opposite of it right now. Yes. But um, it, the, the people like that, the people who made their decision decades ago about which party they're going to vote for forever and then don't pay attention. It, you, the point is we, we are approaching the point where they're not going to have a choice but to pay attention and i think there are a lot of people who have been the democrat base the people who don't want to think about politics the people who don't want to watch political shows and don't want to see the rhetoric and frankly i can't blame anyone for not wanting to see this idiocy uh you know of what passes for political discourse these days um but they're they're being forced to look at it and go ah wait a minute um I I don't like that there are riots in all the streets now and um who's saying that they they we should have more riots and who's saying that we should have less weight this doesn't make sense and when people actually start to critically look at what they've been fed all these years and that is how real change happens well and, and their lies that the lies there's are be a lot worse. of that in well they're, they're politicians their lies have always been bad yeah, but they're getting worse. And the media, the lies are getting worse. And there's no question about this because there are some people who are still fact checking the stuff and reporting on it. And you can see this happening I, again. If Trump was such a bad guy, why do they keep making stuff up? If he's such a bad guy, it would be really easy just to report the truth and let people make the decisions. But I don't remember anything. Over the past two years, that has been a big story about Trump that didn't turn out to be at least a majority false. And because the the best kept secret in propaganda is that what's truth is what you make it. And if their lies are juicy enough, they just turn that into truth. And that's even better. Yeah. And it's sad. I mean, this is the information age, which is how this can all happen. The the truth or a lie, it'll go around the world in an instant. And people most likely will have no clue which it is. And I've have asked I've asked that well, question multiple by, by times. The time, because because the lie will go around the world in an instant. And by the time the truth gets there, the news cycle has moved on. Yes. And the media has moved on from issuing retractions or corrections, which is just another reason why they've become completely irrelevant. It used to be back in the day. If there was a mistake made and there were mistakes made, it would be a front page retraction out like the Chicago Tribune said something about the president 50 years ago 
and it ended up being wrong, man, they wanted you to know that was wrong because they cared about the truth. It wasn't, you know, it was about actually reporting the news, no matter what it was, which now it's very rare. And I I wonder if anybody has made a list, if anybody knows of a website or somebody keeping up a list of journalists who actually report fairly and aren't just completely uh, in the activist group. Yeah, it's it's sorted by uh, when when they last did it. And the most recent name on there was like Walter Cronkite or something. (laughs) I that I believe it. And that's that's what's really sad about all this stuff. And. Because where do you go if you want honesty? And we talk about a lot of stories. It doesn't matter if it's political or tech or what it is. Here on Grumpy Old Ben's, I do the same thing on Random Thoughts. And you're going to the Internet for your news. And I mean, you can try to get a variety of sources. But as we've talked about in the past, one source can spawn a 100 different pages. And I noticed this again today on Fox News their website picking up a story on the late great tom siever that his daughter had posted on facebook like the last image she took of him recently and i'm like oh i want to see what tom looked like i haven't seen him in a while and the fox news article doesn't have the photo and i realized why they're just taking the text from somebody else and had no idea what they were even posting because you're posting an article about a photograph and then you're not showing the photograph. So I understand that, that they, they are classically not considered to have the same left wing bent as most of the other media. It's getting but there. Honestly, you're, you're, I, I think you're kind of barking up the wrong tree. If you're looking for real journalism from Fox. No, I agree. I agree. The places I've been going and I know completely right leaning bent is uh, Breitbart, but my way of trying to figure out the reality in a lot of this stuff is to go to Breitbart to read their articles and then try to get them proven wrong. That's kind of the easiest solution yeah. for me. Go to the other sources and try to prove the Breitbart story wrong. Yeah. In, in absence of, of a neutral journalism, which I think is too high a bar, if you're asking for that, then the alternate option is. You go to someone you know is biased, and then you go to somebody that you know is biased the other direction, and you try to reconcile what they're saying. And most people are going to have a lot of trouble with that because they are either afraid or they just don't have it in them. They, they you know, perhaps for through lack of practice, uh, you have to engage your critical thinking skills. You have to look at the Breitbart article and look at the WAPO article. And say, okay, what facts do they agree on? What facts do they, you know, okay, is this plausible? Uh, why are they disagreeing here? Uh, and you know, okay, does does this difference in in opinion or approach can this be explained by knowing that the people who wrote both articles are partisan hacks who are trying to push propaganda on me? And what message are they trying to tell me? And what information are they getting from that message? And Unfortunately, acquiring actual information requires critical thought, which is not taught in this country anymore or most of the world. Right. That is absolutely it. WGN, I posted this somewhere, saw this. uh, They're trying now to launch a new news service. And WGN is one of those first channels, no matter where you live in the United States, you probably have access to WGN 
They were one of the first channels that were picked up on cable, even though they were a Chicago station. And then they kind of went to a national thing. Now that they don't have baseball, I guess they're without the sports. They were purchased. Of course, the Tribune was purchased. All of their assets were purchased about a year or so ago. They're trying to make it into a real news organization. They're launching like a four hour nightly news. And they're saying their goal is to actually do journalism, to not be biased and to have multiple fact checkers from all sides that are checking the stories. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody can pull it off. Setting their bar too high. It is. I I, I think it's going to be nearly impossible to do that. And if they do, I'm not sure there's an audience anymore. Are people way too just processed to look at the news as entertainment now? Do they really want the straight news people just to give them a story and not tell them what to think about it? Or is that just going to be confusing for people now? I, I think that the the problem goes deeper than than what you described. I think that the problem is uh, there are I, there are a lot of people out there who seem to subscribe to this idea that there exists unbiased news and citation needed. Uh, you you know, you you can try to distill it down to just the facts, which uh, is probably as close as you're going to get. But you're still opening yourself up to selection bias of which facts are you reporting and right. you know even if you can be absolutely 100% certain that it's true well first of all um that doesn't make you know for for profit news agencies that doesn't make the money because sensationalism is what sells which is why one of the reasons we're in the news vacuum that we have today uh, is that dry stories with nothing but facts don't sell very well but even if you have just facts, the selection bias of of which facts do you report and which ones do you put next to others and which ones do you highlight? Right. It, it, that is the number one source of bias amongst the media is, it, you know, it was, it was only recently that that we started having news outlets just straight up fabricating stories that used to be just the onion that did that. Now it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever. But even before that bias was really, really obvious just in what fact you put next to other what other fact. Well, yeah, look at the Jacob Blake story. What everybody has heard about the Jacob Blake story is the cop shot him seven times in the back and he's paralyzed. That's it. That's about what 99 percent of the world knows about the Jacob Blake story. And those might be as close to real facts as we're going to get. Everything else is conjecture. Well, they're leading everything, you know, leaving everything that happened before that out, which is one. A woman says he sexually assaulted her in front of her child Two, she called the cops because he, she had a restraining order against him and he was at her house. The cops showed up. He had a knife. He resisted arrest. They tried to tase him twice. He put a cop in a headlock, then ran around to the side, walked peacefully around to the driver's side of his car, opened it up, reached in and then was shot seven times in the back and was paralyzed but those things leading up to it are important for people to make a reasonable idea in their you know just in your in your head in your mind in your heart to look at a whole situation and understand why it happened you're absolutely right if you cut everything before he was shot out of the story well the cops seem like really horrible people now you add the rest of that stuff in and you go well there's a lot more to this than originally meets the eye just like there is with the george floyd thing and that i do believe is where the country is really going to blow up if those cops get off and 
the evidence is looking very questionable there, but we still, we have to wait. We have to wait to see what that's going to do. But that story well, also there, selection bias. There, there's some people who think that the cops just get off on shooting black people. Well, there's a lot of people that say that, even though the reality, <laughs> as we've looked at of the stats, just isn't true. But that doesn't stop people from telling the story. You can make well, up any damn I, I, thing I, you I'm want. Not- I, I try not to presume what people's motivations are, and I'm certainly not going to presume what people's kinks are. But no, we don't have a hell of a lot of evidence that people are getting off on shooting innocent pe- civilians. That's not usually how it works. No, it certainly is not. And uh, I mean, we do it when it comes to media. We do have to at least mention the Joe Rogan thing, because we talked about this at well, almost we almost the whole to. show on it when this was announced. And yes, you know, I understand both sides here and i understand i'm with adam curry too i don't really care because i'm not a joe rogan listener but as somebody interested in the podcast space and what happens to somebody when they go from being an independent to being in bed with a company like spotify the fact that the vast majority of controversial episodes that he had done somehow you know there was a problem with the hard drives ryan uh, you believe that right uh, i i I have seen three different innocuous explanations and I've also, you know, had something Adam said yesterday. Uh, and the, the other explanation that I saw was a video where Alex Jones came out and said, uh, yeah, man. stop reading conspiracy theories into this. Uh, <laughs> this is all just a mistake. Uh, it has to do with the deal. I don't know what happened and I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate and I'm not even going to attribute malice on the part of Spotify for, for the crime of censoring these things. I not enough data. And, and I'm definitely, I wasn't prepared to come and talk about that with you. I wasn't prepared to come and vilify Spotify for being censors. You're you're never, you're never ready to do anything. Bembrose. Well, maybe that's it, but you know, okay. You want, you want to, okay. You want me to vilify for somebody for being a censor? How about Facebook and the, when they designated Kyle Rittenhouse to be a mass murderer and are now censoring everything that puts him in any light other than than as a total murderer of those poor innocent Antifas? Yeah, forget that. Forget. That is straight up. That is straight up corporate social media censorship. Yeah, for, that is not what I attribute Spotify to. Forget innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they've already been proven guilty by. Uh, a much higher court than than any kind of criminal court in this country. Uh, you know, the the justice system in this country has nothing on Facebook. When Mark Zuckerberg decides that you're guilty, you might as well not exist anymore in our society. That, well, and that is that that is a fucking evil move. Yes. That Facebook has decided to do, which is why they need to be considered a publisher, because you're absolutely right. Anything they need to be considered a public fucking menace. Yeah. Anything that is posted that goes against what they believe, then they're going to delete it. But no, no, they're just they're just, you know, a nice, well-meaning. I mean, we, I know I talked about it on Random Thoughts. I think you and I talked about the the Supreme Court of Facebook when they put together this large group of like 12 to 20 experts to decide what should be and what should not be posted there. And we went down the list of names and I don't think there was one conservative person in the list. Oh, no, of course not. You know, and, and you, you know, you nailed the topic right there. And that is due process. That is, uh, we don't know all of the facts and we definitely have not had 
uh, uh, you know, somebody who is arguably qualified to make the determination, a, a judge. We have not had the uh, you know day in open court. We have not had a fair trial of any kind. Just somebody at Facebook has unilaterally decided that this guy is guilty and are going to wipe him from the Internet. And uh, given that uh, one of Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyers is Lynn Wood, who you might recognize that from a couple shows ago on Grumpy Old Ben's, I brought up the name in the context of Nick Sandman. Right. That was Nick Sandman's attorney. Um, I, I, I would absolutely delight in seeing uh lynn wood or someone else on this thing you know go to trial get a you know get the the because it's a from the facts that i have seen which again i'm also not judge and jury here so i'm, I'm but from the facts i've seen it looks like there's a, a a definite solid case for self-defense here and if kyle rittenhouse gets acquitted based on self-defense I want to see those people turn around and extract another billion or two out of Facebook. Be like, you fucking assholes. You, you know, it's exactly the same thing CNN did where Facebook is going out and just slandering the crap out of this guy and erasing him from society, canceling the crap out of him without due process. And if it turns out they're wrong, they're in a whole lot of liability and they're going to try to hide behind Section 230. But man, I think that 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 wall is crumbling. Oh, I agree. And the video that I've seen shows a couple of things. One, all of the mainstream media stories seem, at least the ones I've seen, a vast majority say he shot unarmed people. And there is video that very clearly shows one of the guys he shot had a handgun in his hand and well, was coming there, after there's him. There's video that very clearly shot there, very clearly shows that the dude that he shot also almost didn't have an arm. So if if it if the shot had gone a little to the left, he would have been unarmed. That is true. That's one way to unarm somebody. And the other guy, you know, hitting him in the head with a skateboard. I hate to tell you, that's a deadly weapon. He has the ability to defend himself and he should. Well, I mean, really, what's the other option? We're seeing unarmed people get hit in the back of the head with bricks because they're wearing a Trump hat or something. There's war on the street. And I don't think the average person wants this. I don't think the average person believes that you should be at risk when you walk out your door. Well, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't just at risk for walking out a door. He, well, no, he no. Armed himself with an assault rifle the guy and then hit went with the into, brick was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, the, I was going to say because you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not. You know, when you are when your life is being threatened by somebody charging at you with a deadly weapon, a skateboard will work. A pistol definitely um yeah shoot to kill and then deal with the consequences later that that's appropriate but uh, you know if i find fault in anything that i saw kyle rittenhouse do that day and of course it's not fair for idiots on podcasts like us to go and second guess what's going on but if i find fault in anything he did it's that he armed himself and decided to go in fact to another city it wasn't even his right to go try to insert himself into a situation where conflict was highly likely that does not warrant a mass murder charge and facebook are an evil bastard of a corporation for even coming out and saying that and, and even worse for censoring posts that say anything else get, get off of facebook what the yeah i mean the kid facebook the kid made a bad choice at 17 years yeah. old 
I mean, this was the Bill O'Reilly's whole take on this because he has a kid that is about the same age or the same age. You may be 17. And he said, this is just really if you're a parent, how do you let your kid go out of the house with a gun and go to a violent riot? I mean, and I understand yeah. not everybody tells their parents what they're doing, but that was a what, really what? bad idea. I don't care what age you are arming yourself and going into a riot zone. Not a good idea. Yeah. What one step wrong or or one tiny twist of fate of fate or or one butterfly in China f- flapping its wings in a different direction. And it would have been Kyle Rittenhouse going to the morgue instead of court. And would that be a better story? Well, I don't know. It happened in Portland. So maybe I don't. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't feel like this is the right way to solve your problems. It just disgusts me all around that this sort of thing happens. Well, it does. And I think people I mean, again, I don't want to attempt to get into this kid's head. But my guess is he was watching the it's news too crowded in there. It is watching the news. And seeing the constant coverage of there are mayors, there are governors who don't want to take care of the violence in their city or state. And he thought it was time for the citizens to stand up. Now, I'm all for citizens to stand up, but well, it's going to happen whether you're for it or not. This was what had to happen when people on the left refuse to provide protection for their citizens this is this is this is awesome I, I i am being fact-checked in the troll room uh apparently i'm being told that the ar-15 is not an assault rifle and is used by no militaries in the world okay fine it's a goddamn rifle and it's, he assaulted somebody with it now is an ak-47 now that's an assault rifle I mean, if you can get your hands I, you know on what if i if, if i assault you with my ruger 1022 that becomes an assault rifle because that's what i did with it if i hit assault you your terminology if i hit you with a wiffle ball bat it's now an assault wiffle ball bat it, it's, it is now an assault weapon yes see this is how the left changes the language and uh, this is well, where the, the insanity the, comes the quote-unquote gun control the gun grabbers laws that have been passed over the last 10 15 years uh have been completely redefining terms and and as we've learned with things like the term racism when you redefine something so far that it has no meaning it can be anything you want. And I think assault rifle has definitely fallen into that category. So trying to to uh, you know, appeal to authority by saying this definition of assault rifle is better or worse than this definition of assault rifle is a futile exercise because the conversation has been so muddied by the intentional uh, obfuscation of the issues by redefining terms, which is the kind of thing that you see. Well, you see it in politics all the time, but I see it a lot on the left with things, especially with things like their their attempts to redefine terms in order to make, uh, you know, but what, what was the 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 I sixteen thirty nine from in Washington a couple of years ago, which passed and made uh my Ruger ten twenty two with its ten round maximum magazine capacity right is now officially an assault rifle. Well, you know that's in Washington. Too, who could possibly need state lines ten with bullets? It, it might, if I cross state lines with it, it's probably not an assault rifle anymore, because I think if I go to Idaho, that it's probably just a plinking rifle. But in Washington, <laughs> that is that is an assault rifle. Well, and that is the language is a big deal. And we see that all over the place for all sorts of different things where language is constantly changing. And this is the concept, because when you're asked questions, the average person, if you don't know anything about guns and they're like, do you think 
average citizen should be able to own assault rifles. And people are like, well, no, that sounds scary, an assault rifle. And then it's like, well, do you realize that 98% of the guns that people own would be considered an assault weapon? Oh. I and and for I'm just saying for personal defense you can keep your assault rifles because I'm gonna stick with my pepper gun. Pepper guns work. will mess up your life if you uh, decide to break into my house. Just letting you know, pepper spray is nasty stuff. Uh, that's not the kind of pepper I was thinking. I was thinking more <laughs> like birdshot. Oh, it's it's yeah. You can season stuff with birdshot, but then you have to really you oh, need yes. a good dentist. <laughs> you need a very good dentist now before or, and, and maybe a surgeon with some pliers yeah yeah you're you're probably gonna be having some uh some issues i guess if you try to enter the bembrose abode i don't see i don't do the buckshot birdshot i just have plain old nine millimeter yeah. that's uh just that, my, that's my a good one uh okay here's here's the reason why uh a 12 gauge with birdshot is my favorite home defense and that is the birdshot it has a 12 gauge shell has a lot of powder behind it. And when all those pellets hit you at once, first of all, you're not going to have one wound. You're going to have dozens of them over a very large area of your body, which makes it more distracting automatically. Uh, it's less likely to kill, which could be considered a bad thing. But if that gun gets taken away and pointed at somebody that I care about, I actually prefer it not kill. So I don't use buckshot. And birdshot has the huge advantage that it does not go through drywall, which is really important when you think about, you know, the, uh, what was the movie uh, Johnny Dangerously? A while back, they, they had the one scene where Gangster is showing off his 88 Magnum. It's a big pistol that he had. It's like, it shoots through schools. <laughs> and, and that's the problem with, with high power high power, high caliber weapons is yeah, it'll definitely mess up a person and then it'll go through the wall behind them. and It'll mess up somebody you don't intend because you're not aware of your firing range. Well, with 12 gauge with, with birdshot, uh, your firing range doesn't extend past the, the nearby wall, which is beneficial for home defense, in my opinion. Well, yeah, less work to be done. Although I'm just wondering how many times you are, uh, firing the gun off in the house that you were worried about the drywall. Uh, uh, to okay well knock on wood to my credit it has never happened yet but that but doesn't ready. mean that i don't want to be prepared i mean anybody that listened to the very special episode that was posted on monday the fabulous bemrose boys knows that sometimes there is danger involved when the bemroses get together <laughs> that's yeah no well like, yeah but we're if you did listen to that, then you know that uh, guns are one thing that I do not fuck around. You know, yes. chainsaw, you can play cavalier, spin it <laughs> around your head. That I mean, that seems to be what we do. Guns, no. No, you don't fuck with guns. Chainsaws are dangerous as well. Now, before we get into this contact tracing rabbit hole that you went down, can we try something a little different and do our donor expert segment for the day? Because there's a lot of people. I do like me some experts. We do have a lot Give of experts. Opportunity. Uh, it'll give me an opportunity to go do something I've needed for a few minutes. So I'll be back. Let's see what you needed to do. It's probably something that involves a bladder. I'm, I'm telling you, Ryan just needs to get one of those catheters. Oh, as I'm watching out the camera, it's UPS, but this isn't FedEx. So he won't require a signature. This is just something I'm sure that my wife ordered from Costco. As Doug will tell you in the no agenda troll room. And if you're not in the no agenda troll room, when we do these shows live, on usually Mondays, always Fridays at 11 a.m. Central, 12 a.m. Eastern. Doug will tell you, Costco is filled with a bunch of mangy mutts. You don't want to go to Costco. 
they also don't like when Ryan shows up without his mask. But for our experts today, number one on the list and number one overall, no question about it, not even close. We just had our 100th episode of Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. And I went down the list of donors that we've had over the first 100 episodes. And there as well, nobody's even close to Earl Walkman of Buckeye, Jay Finley. He is the patron saint of all podcasters. I am really, I'm, there's no question about that. And it's, a, uh, it's an honor and it's a humbling thing that this guy's listening to our shows and enjoying them. And I think he's the reason that most podcasts are still going. So it is greatly appreciated. Earl Walkman, no notes. Nothing else to say. I mean, Ryan was kidding when this came in that he said, oh, no, just tell Ryan to keep up the good work. Darren sucks. I don't think that's really what Jay Finley meant, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly it. But we appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate everything Jay Finley does. I'm still saying I know he's, he's got another gig. Maybe that's why he's he afraid to come on grumpy old Ben's and talk about the all the saint and all podcasters. The- is that? Did you bring up that line already? Yes. And he is because I said he was definitely number one over the first 100 episodes of Random Thoughts as well. And I know we hear about him all the time over on the No Agenda show. So if you're if you're doing a podcast that's value for value, you want to get Earl Walkman to notice your show. No question about it. And we appreciate your support. Number two on the list today. Well, Jay Finley came in with 150 bucks. That is greatly, greatly appreciated. Number two is sir quiston another guy he's an expert he's already been expertized here on the grumpy old ben show another guy from the no agenda universe comes in with 50 bucks and no note nothing just cash just send your cash likes the show the last time he said just what was it and just enjoying the show as usual or something or like does that mean you like the show or not either way we appreciate i i I for one help uh, welcome all of our hate listening experts as well we do. And I think that might be the next guy on the list. I don't know if he's hate listening right now or not. Comes comic strip blogger with his point zero zero three three Bitcoin donation, which I mean, last I checked, I mean, I know the stock market's been going crazy. So Bitcoin's been going crazy. And as uh, Andrew Horowitz of DH Unplugged pointed out, I thought this whole Bitcoin thing was supposed to be completely opposite of the dollar and it turns out as you see the stock markets and the dollar going up and down bitcoin pretty much mirroring what's been going on so this concept that bitcoin is a something that sits outside of reality and will be stable no no that's not the case well, and it, it it exists in it exists in the same society so it's absolutely going to be beholden to the same well the same people the right. same humans who you know have their ups and downs no i it, i mean it, it might be insulated in certain ways but you're uh, unless you unless you remove communication between the the two currencies and and make it so that separate groups have them then yeah they're going to be going up and down together yes and that it makes sense and we appreciate comic strip blogger with the donation and his little note just said bitcoin donated to gob please put url comicstripblog.com in the show notes and mention it so everybody can go check out comic strip bloggers latest creations they're on the internet for free no paywall no spotify needed just go to comicstripblog.com and check out all of the goodness and we appreciate that csb he said he's going to try to donate once a month 
the same donation, which the only thing this is now we have to really just hope that Bitcoin keeps going up and up and up and up because then there are a lot of people hoping that (laughs) I know. I mean, uh, I know uh, that McAfee, I don't it didn't quite hit what he said it was going to. I thought he has something to eat, but uh, as of yet, hasn't happened. Next on the list was one that came in during our last show last Friday, and we didn't get it on the show, but it was our buddy ITMOMA, otherwise known as just Omaha with 3333. I mean, no, there's no signaling there at all. Not at all. And uh, just the note that said health karma. And that's, I mean, I guess good for me, good for you, good for my mom who's doing well after her yes. double bypass. And uh, the hospital there You're, again. Well, how, how is, is she doing? She's doing well, is she not? Yeah, I'm, she's doing well. I mean, there are a lot, there are a lot of people out there who who have been concerned and expressed concern. So, just want to get that out of the, out front. Yeah, she's doing well. I mean, she's complaining that she's bored, which is a good thing because you can't do anything. You I mean they told you you can go up the stairs once a day. So once you come down the stairs, you can't go back up. You know, until bedtime, which limits the things yeah. you can do. You can't open up. You know, even the refrigerator door. Anything they said over five pounds, no. And just to let you know, they said a gallon of milk is seven pounds. So basically, don't pick up anything. Uh huh. And if if she's probably not anything like my family, where doctor's orders tend to be mere guidelines, (laughs) if that they get ignored. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you're the family, though, that twirls the chainsaws around your head and think that's fun. It's have you ever seen the videos? I mean no it's hilarious but if there are videos you should definitely post them up on to I, I, I have no doubt there are videos of somebody twirling a chainsaw over their head and if you want to choose to believe that that looks like me then go right ahead i was thinking more bemlet but uh tony seems more like the death defying guy you seem like the one that well, we just egg defied on. it every time so far you seem like the guy that just eggs on the death defying guy it's a little safer well, yeah, i'm far more entertained in, in as the peanut gallery <laughs> As the instigator, I'll be the guy in the control room talking to the IVR. Like, no, hold the chainsaw higher. And we appreciate the thirty-three, but thirty-three, we Omaha. Do, yes, we we love our experts here. Uh, we are happy that you're getting value out of this show, and we are happy that we're able to provide it. And we have next on the list, Sir Psycho Miko. I think C Y C O M I K O eleven eleven says ranting on big tech and big government. I wish I could do more. Keep it up. I hope to be an expert someday. Well, you're an expert right now. I mean, pronounce him an expert. Yeah, would you, sounds Ryan? like it. Uh, dude, you are totally an expert. Totally. Was that the Valley Girl pronunciation? You're like totally an expert. Well, totally. It, it, it was pronounced. I, I don't do pronouncedicating. That's an Adam thing. <laughs> it is. Like, come on. You can borrow a little bit here and there. The uh, next on the list is our buddy, Sergeant Fred with 10 bucks. and. An actual note that came in the actual mail. He he wanted to give some money to the post office, which old school it is. It's old school. And we appreciate old school because he had a very good point in the note here. And uh, he says, I'm going to try to read this, you know, one eye and it's not good to begin with. But it says uh, to G.O.B. As you can see, I did buy stamps from the USPS. By the way, the main benefit from the USPS is that your content is not visible to the CIA. NSA, etc. Why? Due to the yeah, Constitution. Leaving that. Due to the Constitution, consent is uh, content is protected. That's why government would love to have FedEx and DHL to send your correspondence 
as uh, they can let the CIA and NSA invade uh, your correspondence. And uh, the it's interesting that uh, well, he de- he definitely brings up a good point about the the USPS being the only constitutionally protected. There there is the argument to be made as to whether or not the the CIA or NSA or whoever you know, the CIA isn't even supposed to be operating domestically, but we all know damn well they do. Um, at, at what point do they just choose which parts of the Constitution to be bound by? Uh, but that's a cynical point. And if you assume that everybody in government is totally on the up and up and follows all of the laws that they make, then yes, USPS is a much safer form of communication. Yeah, it's a, it's a valid point because I never even really thought about that. I didn't know there was that distinction, which is those, as he says, those carriers do not have protection from the NSA and CIA. So they can just go and do some snooping on your packages where the USPS allegedly cannot do that. I mean, again, you're you're hoping that the government's actually following their own laws. But uh, Sergeant Fred continues. Anyway, I enjoy your podcast as a prior expert. I want to say that I have been a dude named Ben since 1978. At that time, to say, uh, oh, DEC was the evil empire. What was DEC was the evil empire? Digital Equipment Corporation that okay they, they were like they, they the were ibmers they were the big they were the big computing companies of the 1970s and early 80s uh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if dvorak has written lots of articles about them uh, it, it was it was them and ibm they they were they were the old school that kind of went away by the new upstart companies like microsoft and apple and i i do believe he actually has a full price stamp not the three cent stamp thing here to answer the troll room and uh, blue douche only uses the USPS for his very special orders. I, I guess those are the ones that they can't look in. And Sergeant Fred finishes with keep up the good work. Uh, please let's not finish that mental image as a fellow producer for no agenda. Good luck. Thank you, Sergeant Fred. We appreciate you listening and uh, contributing to the little uh, grumpy old Ben's podcast that, you know, like random thoughts hitting a hundred, we're going to be hitting a hundred here on grumpy old Ben's. Uh, in just a matter of weeks, you didn't think we'd like you like 50 shows. You're like, we'll never even make 50. We're not going to do it. No way. Actually, about 50 was was where when we started, I was thinking 50 would be a pretty good run. If Darren can put up with me for that long, I little did I know your incredible tolerance for things you don't understand. So we're, we're working out pretty well <laughs> together. That is true. Uh, next on the list, uh, Bernard. Engel Scritcher, which I know I always butcher that name, but he's never corrected me. And it's anybody, if I'm butchering your name, let me know. He comes in with a $10 subscription. No note. Harry Hamster comes in with $550. Just a note saying, hope mom's okay. Yeah, we talked about that. And this now is, uh, I believe, his 32nd donation to the uh, to the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. So, so next one's the magical one. Yeah, I had to count it because I know I've mentioned that before. Like, it seems every episode, almost Harry Hamster. There he is. There he is. And again, there he is. We appreciate it. And we also have to mention everybody on Patreon. And there are four folks over there, including Brian Genak, who has been around for a couple of months. Jacob Hernandez, three months. Dave Midas, who is the guy that does that episode, those uh, the podcast with his daughter. Fun Fact Friday that's running on the No Agenda stream. He's been around a couple of months. And our buddy, the guy that found the Patreon before we even talked about it, Steve E., been around for nine months now. 
months. We have somebody on Patreon for nine months. That's a long time. And we appreciate and that. We we appreciate all of our experts. Uh, I, I, I thank you a great deal for, for showing us the value that you get out of the show. And if anybody else gets value out of the show, uh, go ahead and, and kick some value back. We've got like, like Darren just read, we've got uh Patreon, we've got PayPal, we've got, you can send snail mail to a PO box. Uh, you can send alcohol right. to Darren's address. Right. If you can find my address, you can send booze directly to me. I'm still curious. I'm still waiting for that FedEx truck, but it's not here yet. It might not be till after the show. You know, over 21, could it be a firearm instead? That would be even better if, if it we wasn't get, from a liquor store. If we people store. donating that. <laughs> that's, that's an even better thing. Like, just guns and weapons you know, and ammo showing up. I mean, that's either one. You're set for the apocalypse. The more alcohol, the more guns, yeah. the more ammo you got. That, Any which way. Those are all the uh, the essentials that you need for when the world's coming to a close. And if you want to contribute to the little podcast we're doing grumpyoldbens.com all of the information is there and if you can subscribe to the show that always helps that makes sure you don't miss any episodes and if you can on um, the apple thing or any of these podcast apps that let you rate the shows or do a quick little review of the shows that helps as well and we appreciate everybody for taking the time to do that now i know you went down a rabbit hole when it came to yeah, I, this well, I, I went down a couple. I actually, I want to start by um, at the beginning of that segment. I, I was kind of fascinated. It's always fascinating. What triggers the troll room? Um, I, I apparently was the topic of, of quite the debate in the troll room because I'm not bloodthirsty enough. There were a number of people saying that wait, wait, uh, you're you know, not? I'm, I'm a pussy for using for not wanting to use lethal rounds for home defense. Well, I mean, you were not because you didn't want to kill people. You just didn't want to have to do any like work to fix the walls. <laughs> yes, yes. And and Fletcher pointing out, you know, you have you ever shot drywall with a 12? Yes, actually, I have. And um, but just not I, in your yes, own house. You, That's smart. See, this no, is why. No, this is why we use your knowledge. <laughs> no, I've participated in, in, you know, taking down old barns and stuff. Yes, I, you, you get a a pristine sheet of drywall in the office in the back of the barn. You're like, hell yeah, there's bullets going through that. When you're um, in shy rack, you need bulletproof glass. So, so for one of my rabbit holes, uh, and, and this does turn into a tech story, but it started with a, a paper correspondence in the physical mail. Um, I got from my alumni association of oh, my university. They're asking for money. Um, let me guess. Well, they, they always do, but usually they call me asking for money. I'm like, you forget this number. And they're like, but you have the same number you had in college. I'm like, yeah, that's intentional, <laughs> but you don't get it. Um, yeah, yeah I've, that, that's another, another argument that I've had over the last 25 years with various phone companies is like, people are like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll give you this new phone. You just get a new number. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. You give me my old number or I'm going to the competition. People don't seem to think, understand why I, that's important to me. Carolyn Blaney says, just give them 4804 grumpy. I, I actually, I've been, I've been using the hog story number for some of this stuff. <laughs> oh, that's the, it's even better. So if you get a, uh, Carolyn, John, if you, get, if you get any calls for uh, Ryan, just make sure he's listening to the show live. Or if you could just pass those on, that would be appreciated. Hogstory.net. Yes. So uh, the university foundation was recently notified by Blackbot, a third party engagement and fundraising fundraising software service provider 
uh, about a cybersecurity incident, which may have allowed us to them access to some of your personal information. I can't read. My eyes are going too. Um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Okay. So Blackbaud was the subject of a ransomware attack and the cyber criminal may have had access to specific personal information identified below between February and May, 2020. Cyber criminal was able to access information belonging to now. Okay. Anyways, there's a lot of crap here. Um, my, so my first thought when I read that was, this isn't really a tech story. Uh, I mean, it, it has to do with a cyber criminal attack and yeah, that's a thing. Um, it, actually. Okay. My first thought was, uh, it w- was probably kind of a brutal one. It was, um, you know, I'm not really totally without sympathy, but anyone who donates to a Marxist indoctrination mill in 2020, either subscribes to the communist ideology, in which case they're pleased to be able to involuntarily share their money. Right. Or they're a fool who doesn't deserve to be able to keep it. Also true. I like your logic there. I I mean, who, who still donates to universities? But anyway, I, I, I'm fairly safe from this particular breach because I don't think I've given them money in 10 years. They still ask for it, but, it made me go down uh, uh, a little bit of a rabbit hole with the the Blackbaud breach, and I'll tell you what the person that seems to know the most about this, and I hope I'm not outing her, was DC Girl, uh, who I had a a fairly long conversation on No Agenda Social about this particular thing. Um, but uh, the I went through, went ahead, and dug into the Blackbaud uh, security incident report, and uh, picked up a couple of of interesting lines like. Uh, in May of 2020, we discovered and stopped a ransomware attack. Uh, just yeah, they're taking credit for stopping it. Keep that in mind. Um, they didn't really stop it, though, because uh, a little bit more later, it said uh, that they had lost access to data, that a large database had been downloaded uh, that may have included name, date of birth, info pertaining to relationship with. Yeah. Uh, it uh, might have, depending on the association, it might have included social security numbers. They insist that if you've given any credit card numbers to Blackbaud, that those haven't been compromised or bank account. But who does that? No, you give your numbers to these big organizations. See, and I just um, I want to say I want to thank Blue Douche 33 for spelling it out, because now I get it that it's Black Baud, like Baud from modems. I thought oh, you were saying yes. Black Baud. I'm like, well, you talk about somebody some black guy's body. What are you talking about? Well, you, you can fantasize on your own time. I'm talking about <laughs> sorry, B, black B A U D. You know, it's Beyonce's well, birthday. I, you know, if I'm going to think about a black bod. I guess that's um, where I'm going. It, it, okay, you know what? That if that makes the story easier to listen to, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so it, it sounds like a, a great deal of data was leaked. So I'm not sure what they meant by discovered and stopped a ransomware attack. It sounds like they discovered the ransomware attack after the horses had already left the barn and the barn had fallen down. But sure, you stopped it. But here was the line that got me was because protecting our customers data is our top priority. We paid the cyber cyber criminals demand with confirmation that the copy they had removed had been destroyed. Wait, wait, they they paid them. (laughs) Okay, what they 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 paid them and they also got hit by ransomware and they paid them and they believe that paying criminals, you take them at their word that they delete the the information. Yeah, it's. I mean, they they did say uh, that uh, according to information that we have uh, from uh, actually, let me pull it up. I still have this. And uh, Carolyn Blaney, dad bod is uh, totally 33, six. 
Uh, Based on the nature of the incident, our research and third party, including law enforcement investigation, we have no reason to believe that any data went beyond the cyber criminal was or will be misused or will be disseminated or otherwise made available publicly. Pardon me if I'm skeptical. Well, always. That was one of the the stories we talked about a couple a week or two ago. The same thing was another university that, oh, we paid it. And, you know, so it wouldn't be released. And I'm like, well, why don't the criminals just release it? I mean, they've already paid the bounty. So it's the worst. That's how you want blackmail. That's how you get blackmail. You you pay off somebody and tell them you have to destroy the information. They don't. And then they come back and tell you and extort exactly the same thing next month. That's how blackmail works. Why? Why would any why would any self-respecting cyber criminal delete the data? Why are you so racist talking about blackmail? Um, it's, it's my white privilege. Why not white mail? Why is it blackmail? Why is that? No, yeah, everything negative is black the postal service. Yeah. You have to take that up with the postal service. They're the ones who decide the color of the mail. But anyway, so what we've got here is, uh, a, a company that handles fundraising for a great many, uh, institutions, universities is, is how this came to my attention, but I am informed that they, they contract with a lot more than universities. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not unfortunately able to say all of the things that I learned from DC girls. So you're going to have to go pester her for more details, but, uh, I'm probably also not supposed to say that I learned it from DC girl, but, um, you can, (laughs) you're not using her real name, so it's okay. That, that is true. Um, however, we have said on this show in the past, uh, that, that, you know, in this, this is something that should have been known for a very long time, even if you don't have personal experience with being extorted for money there there are lots and lots of hollywood stories about it and, and documentaries or where uh, the the way this works is uh if you pay off a criminal you have incentivized them to take your data and you've done nothing to disincentivize them from just demanding payment again uh w- once that data is out of your control the damage is done own it deal with it but don't like paying a criminal to sweep something under the rug is really not rational. And I, I don't know if there are extenuating circumstances because of course their press release is very, very, very light on details. Of course. But I, I just had to, I had to bring this up because the, the very idea that, Oh, we got, okay. First of all, let's, let's back up a moment. How, how did you get caught with ransomware? I mean, seriously, somebody bitch slap your IT department over and over again. What IT guy, you know, doesn't keep to at least this isn't a matter of not keeping backups because this was data getting out. But I actually I'm not even sure how ransomware is supposed to work because the only the only context I know for ransomware is uh, your data is encrypted and locked away from you. Right. Which means either if you don't have a backup backup. or you're afraid if it's going to get out, either one of those things will make you pay, I guess. And, and, and yeah, so I'm not sure exactly what context they mean for ransomware, but I feel like uh, the IT department is doing a really piss poor job if they even let ransomware affect it. Well, it depends. Yeah. Okay. Ran- it's a really somebody's going to get something installed on your computers, but if you've successfully compartmentalized your shit, then you know some some idiot employee coming in. You know, I I, I was going to say secretary, but it, honestly, it could be the CEO coming in. Be like, hey, check out this USB drive that I found on the street. Let me plug it in, see what's on it. 
Congratulations. Your computer is now encrypted with ransomware. We've all learned from Kevin Mitnick that people are dumb and they want to help when you call up in this. The people are usually the weakest link, which is the we never did get around to talking about the story with uh, Elon Musk's company that the Russian that offered a million bucks for uh, an employee to put ransomware on the system. So that's some really it shows you how deep some of this stuff goes. But there's a lot of systems being run that are insecure. We have stories about that. Every time we do a show and if you aren't doing full time, you know, if you have nobody there to do a full time update and a lot of these universities, I can only imagine, especially somebody goes on vacation for the summer while school, there's nobody on at the location because of covid and the updates start not getting done. I could see where this can happen, but you can also see that the criminals are getting better and better at this. One of the stories I had for this week came from the hacker news which I thought was great because it was about a new web-based credit card stealing scam going on. And then I saw, I like it already. I don't know if it was does, the same it scam coins on your credit card. Could be. I don't know if this is the same scam, but Warner music was hit by this was hit by something similar. And last night, Bill O'Reilly had a list of companies that had given money to the Marxist black lives matter organization. Warner music was one of them. So I kind of just chuckled. This morning, when I saw that they were hit by one of these problems, that their customers maybe want to uh, be aware their credit card information was stolen. But the criminals are getting so good at this. And so much of this stuff is not in a physical location. This is on websites that you're giving your credit card to to buy something from them. They're putting skimmers there. I mean, it's one thing to have a physical skimmer, like when you go to a gas station, those you could usually see if you know what you're looking for. Now, it's a lot harder to do that when you're making a purchase, say, through Warner Music's website, and the criminals have gotten so good that they had, with part of this package, the software hooked up to where it would real-time, the minute you put your credit card information in, real-time over Telegram Messenger, sending it back to the people that were stealing it to a secure Telegram Messenger room. Real time. So what 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 you're saying is that the hackers had put up a more efficient storefront than Warner. Yes, because the minute you made your purchase, they had your credit card. They didn't have to wait and go and extract a file to get a big dump of data. <laughs> they were getting it real time. Their servers were just had no idea that Telegram Messenger and, was on and, and sending this information. And, and then as soon as they had your credit card data, did they go out and buy a pair of shoes and two tanks of gas? Probably. That's the only way to make sure these things are good. Well, they sell them on the black market, man. They sell these on the dark web, which you have to, you yeah, have to as get a single. That, that's that's something a lot of people don't realize by now is that on uh, in the dark web, in the world of cyber criminals, uh, which is is a term that the cyber criminals probably disdain. It's like, what do you mean? Cyber? But uh in that world, a single credit card number is not all that useful because credit card companies are pretty good at detecting when one credit card has been stolen. No, the thing that sells for lots of money is when you get a database of 10,000 credit card numbers. Right. And the dark web, if you've never played a wrong, we should maybe do a whole show on the dark web one day because it's an interesting bit of information that's available there. And it's to me, it's, it's always been interesting because you don't really know where any of the sites that you're going to originate. So instead of a uh, .htm or HTML, they're all .onion, and there's these uh, 
you know, it's just a very weird thing. You have to go in through the Tor network, which you can do through some of these browsers. Now, I think uh, I think Brave maybe does that. They have a, You can go in through Tor and uh, right off right out of the box with their. Otherwise, you can go get the, uh, you know, this particular browser, you know, to do this stuff with the Tor browser. And you don't know where any of these sites really originate. You'll see everything from, you know, buy iPhones and MacBook Pros and iPads for like a third of the cost or you're buying them by with, uh, you know, not with credit cards necessarily. You could do it through like all these gift card type things. And then you have websites that are promising to uh, destroy people's lives. Remember when Adam Curry got like 20 million emails in a day? That is a site that's on the dark web. Oh, yeah. Good times. You know, Hitman. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff you can get to on the dark web, but you don't really know if that Hitman you're hiring is a real Hitman or the FBI that's just waiting to come arrest you for going to the site to try and, to hire and, a Hitman. And, and if if the if your target is a conservative, then it might not matter because the FBI will knock them off for you if you. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, they'll just take the money then. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we could do that. Cool. Yeah. They're like, we, we were already going to cancel this guy, but uh, we'll take your money. Why not? Yeah. But so I can understand I, the criminals are getting better when it comes to infiltrating these sites. I don't know why the place universities, especially paying ransomware. It's uh, it should be a wake up call to anybody, though, that stores important data online. And I know it's really easy, the easy thing to do. But if you're running, you know, a big corporation, maybe you might want to think about not making your information publicly facing no matter what. Yeah, like uh, maybe don't store your your super sensitive client database on the the front end web server, for example. Right. That seems like good advice from a dude named Ben. It's a thought. I mean, here, you know, here on Grumpy Old Ben's, we're we're not we're not going to presume to tell Ben's how to do their job. We kind of assume you already know how to do that. but. There's some really basic stuff like, uh, you know, secure your shit or or don't pay off cyber criminals because they're criminals. That's kind of like it's in the name. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, criminals come from all walks of life. All kinds of humans can be criminals. But but there's one thing that pretty much by definition unites them all. And that is that they have all chosen to not follow the law. And so trying to imagine that oh well the these these people will be honorable and and follow these laws is uh, yeah probably it's an exercise in folly yeah it's probably not going to be the reality of the situation but hey reality is such a crazy thing let's uh, let's talk about the other rabbit hole you went down which was with all the, uh, contact, the contact tracing, tracing. yeah yes <laughs> Because so, I mean, how many weeks yeah. ago did we talk about the fact that this was being built into the APIs of both the Android and iPhones? It it was a while back, and I can probably look that up if you want to introduce the topic. Well, and now people are losing their crap because this is actually happening. Now, the reality of the situation is that what they're adding to the phones is the ability to do the tracing. We were told at the very start that this wasn't going to be something that was going to be turned on by default. And now that may be changing because I'm guessing a lot of people didn't just turn this on. And the story now, it was just uh, there was one of the Washington Examiner that I found. I know you had a bunch of them that you were looking into that, you know, phones will now alert you if a coronavirus positive person is nearby. And this I don't know what good this really does. I mean, the technology of this is not even that interesting because. We know it's using Bluetooth and GPS and just being like, 
you know, pinging the mothership and seeing who's around you at this particular time. But we also are living in a world where we're now finding out that a a lot of covid tests are not coming back correctly. So what good is this really even doing except saying, well, you're (laughs) around somebody that was tested positive, but they may not be positive after all. Well, obviously, it's one of the feel good measures that that make people feel safe because, you know, there there's two things you have to do in order to control a population. First of all, you have to give them something to be irrationally fear, fearful of. And then you have to give them something that you control that makes them feel safe so they can get back to feeling safe, but only doing so with your control that it's it's pretty much the totalitarian playbook. It is. uh Not the first people to use it, but one of the most successful groups to use it was uh, happened back in uh, in in Europe in what about 1935. Um, I I don't necessarily want to uh, uh, invoke the Nazis on this show, at least not more than once per episode. But um, they they were very very good at controlling population through fear, and that's what you're seeing. I did some quick show notes searching, and uh, it's not as quick as Adam, who can do shit on the fly. But um, I, I do have grep, and it was episode 62 on the 8th of May 2020 that we went really deep into the plans for contact tracking that Apple and Google were putting together. So four months ago. Yeah. Uh, and uh, during that time, Apple and Google had got together. And whenever, you know, whenever those two companies, whenever every facet, or, you know, every company involved in a duopoly or uh, it, agrees on something you need to run the fuck away but what they came up with was a standard for uh how to track everybody that you've come in contact with you know presumably to tell you whether or not you uh have been near somebody with covid but but if you're tracking everybody that anybody someone has come in contact with boy that data would be useful for all kinds of unscrupulous purposes don't you think Well, it would. And even if it's just sitting there not doing anything, if somebody can go back to this a week, a month, a year, 10 years later, well, then what? Yeah. Five five years from now, somebody in the FBO, you know, when when, you know, Biden 2.0 or Kamala or someone has has taken over the presidency and decides to uh, declare fatwa against all conservatives, you know, this this might be hyperbole. and, And the thing is, in today's world, it might not. But at that point, you know, the FBI can go back and go to Apple and be like, OK, we noticed that this person owned an iPhone. Can you tell us exactly who they uh, were in contact with on this date? And Apple will be able to tell them. Yes. Which is a little scary. Yeah. Well, um, and that's why these had to get together, because it really doesn't make sense if you're only getting Android or only getting Apple. I mean, you had to have these guys play together. So the. uh the updates to the operating systems have rolled out the uh, you know, we had told you there there were lots of apps that you could download for COVID tracing back in the day. And ultimately, the problem with all of them was because of the architecture of both of these operating systems, the apps don't tend to get CPU time and they sure as hell don't get radio time when the apps aren't in the foreground, which was causing problems because the principle behind every one of these COVID tracking apps is that it uses your Bluetooth radio and is constantly pinging for any other Bluetooth radios nearby. When it discovers another one, it swaps a a couple data packets, which effectively gives IDs of this is a phone that I got, you know, I, 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 I pinged this phone or the, and then it's a, 
a unique ID of some kind. And it also the Bluetooth page, you know, has a, a Bluetooth ID, but there's enough data to be able to identify that you were at this date and time within proximity to this other phone. And uh, the, the problem was, of course, when it was, uh, you know, a third party or government or somebody writing the app, uh, as soon as you switch over to your, your candy crush or whatever, you know, whatever the game that people are playing, you know, probably, probably Fortnite on Apple or, uh, or PUBG or something. But um, once you switch away, then the operating system was blocking access to the Bluetooth and the tracing app was less useful because not only could you not register you being near someone, but other people could not register being near you. And then, you know, who knows, two people might actually interact on the street without the government being involved. And we can't possibly have that in a totalitarian society. But Apple and Google have a solution. Their solution was that uh, they would just put it into the operating system. So they have released this. Uh, the Apple has released it as part of iOS 13.7, and it's just there, and it's just always on. Um, I, I was not able to find any indication that you could turn it off. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that you can, but I don't have an Apple device, so I can't confirm that. Um, Android has the tracing and tracking in the app, but the only difference seems to be that if you want notification that you've been near somebody who was marked as infected, you have to download an app on Android in order to get those notifications. So the OS doesn't send it. So if you don't download an app, then Android is, uh, sending your pings to other people is tracking and recording pings of other people to you but you don't get notifications about it unless you download the app. Apple, on the other hand, uh, if you've got the phone in your pocket and it has access to Bluetooth, then you're getting notifications. You will, your phone will, when you're just randomly out walking and you know, you, you near a bunch of people, all of whom look like masked bandits and your phone will just vibrate in your pocket and say, Hey, you're near somebody with COVID. You should get yourself tested. Uh, that that's pretty much how the apps are supposed to work. Now, um, there, I, I was going to point out that there's, there's actually, uh, a, a lot of protections in these apps. Uh, yeah, Apple and Google did get together and, and whether or not, uh, this is what the governments want. Um, they said, well, we don't want all of your data to be, uh, open source, you know, open for everybody, open for governments, whatever. Well, that's uh, nice of them. Well, yeah. So what they ended up doing was, uh, first of all, this data is kept on your phone until something, an app sends it back to the mothership, uh, in, in Apple, uh, you don't even need to install an app. It's already there sending back to, uh, well, not, not mothership per se. Uh, the, the, the actual users of this, the, the people that are going to be collecting these data is any, uh, local health or, or local government organization. So if you're in the city of Chicago, it'll be the city of Chicago's health department that registers with Google and Android sends, they send a little packet that says, has a name of their, the name of their organization, uh, a, a custom logo, because that's really important that every locality have their own logo um, criteria for triggering an exposure no notification, and then information and resources to give people when they have been identified as potentially COVID. Um, but 
the data being collected uh, about everybody that you've been near does sit on your phone until uh, the appropriate notification is triggered. So it the data is not constantly being sent to a government database. The data is only sent to a government database if you end up being close enough to another Bluetooth phone that has been specially marked that it would send you a notification. And then it sends your notification, your contacts database up so that it can update who they think has COVID according to the contact tracing app and send out further notifications and pings within, you know, for, for who and when they were in contact with people. So it's not automatically sending things, but it's still not entirely under your control, whether or not that data is being sent out to your, your local government municipality. So I, I don't, I don't give them a huge win on that. Uh, but the other thing that they did was they do make a number of attempts to anonymize the data. They, they try to, uh, um, they, they try to preserve privacy by, uh, making sure that the, the contact ID can only be tied to a, a record of when and where somebody is. Um, I mean, that that's dangerous enough, but it doesn't actually put any of your phone identifiers on it. Uh, they even, um, they, they, you know, because Bluetooth endpoints have a, a persistent ID, um, they didn't want your, your constantly, your, your Bluetooth, your Bluetooth radio, which is constantly sending out pings all the time, looking for other phones. Not they mine. didn't want somebody to be able to put up a, a, a passive Bluetooth scanner that would just, you know, cause that, I mean, that's a great way to track. Even if you don't have the name of a phone, you get the Bluetooth ID. So right. Apple and Google were like, well. Uh, we need to uh, make sure that this uses a rolling Bluetooth ID system. So uh, the Bluetooth ID that it sends out is actually fuzzed a little bit and, and changed so that not all of your pings have the same ID. I mean, you know, there are some, some smart ideas here. And so I was going to give Apple and Google uh, like a, a B minus for uh, caving to government pressure to compromise my phone in ways that I can't do it. But meanwhile, at least making an attempt to protect my privacy. That was up until I did my research this morning and came across uh, uh, something that was released only a couple hours before we went to show from researchers, Serge Vodne and Martin Vognu uh, from Sweden, I think Europe. <laughs> I, yeah, Somewhere I, I, over I, there. Yeah, everybody in Europe is going to be like, you bigot, how dare you, you not American. know all the European countries? Yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'm. It, uh, you know what? I, I'll, I'll own it. I'm, I don't live in Europe. Left coast but American. They already found a vulnerability, uh, which involves, uh, and they, they detected this only in the Swedish tracking app, I think. Um, but they say that there's nothing about the vulnerability that is is tied to the specific apps or location it's tied to the OS implementation. And they were able to determine that in uh, several of LG's implementations of this, and also in the iOS 13 implementation of this, that the Bluetooth IDs were not fuzzed enough. And uh, they were able to, if, if you have somebody stand there and they said, depending on the implementation, it could be anywhere from 10, to 45 minutes uh sending out you know a, a ping every 30 seconds or whatever it is they do that they had enough data 
that they could feed it into a machine learning and correlate exactly which phones were where at all times. So, uh, are, are, are you're familiar with, with the reason why it is a good idea when you go to a, a mall or something to always turn off the Wi-Fi on your phone, right? Yes. Well, and all it, radios really. Yeah. All radios are a good idea because then especially, you know, especially the cell radio, because, um, screw those people who want to get a hold of you. Right. They well, should that, wait. I agree with that too. Which, which, you know, once I've turned off all of my radios, then I'm like, I don't need this piece of garbage in my pocket. And then I leave the phone home, but that's how I'm, that, that's my favorite way of doing it. But the reason why you turn off Wi-Fi is because anybody who puts up a Wi-Fi access point, the way the Wi-Fi signal works is if your radio is on, Every time that it sees an access point, it pings it and says, hey, here's my Mac address. Can I connect to you? And most of them by default will say no, but they now have the ability to record your Mac address. And if you are, say, uh, Walmart or Target or uh, you know uh, any kind of store and you want to know where are individual people spending time in the store, you can set up an access point with just a low powered one that only has, say, 10 feet of range in each aisle. And you have a detailed map of exactly when and where that phone went. And if they spend a lot of time in automotive, you can now start sending them automotive ads or something like that. So uh, the now that uh, our Android and iOS phones are pinging constantly with Bluetooth, even with these rotating IDs, which are apparently not fuzzed well enough, that is now another attack. Um, the other thing that I was not able to figure out and, and admittedly from my brief research, which involved reading articles, because I don't have an iPhone and I'm sure as fuck not putting that uh, system update on my Android. Somebody send uh, uh, Ryan an iPhone, please. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely could use another uh, prop for the bottom of my lazy boy. You can add but it anyway. to Xfinity mobile for free. <laughs> yeah. That's that's that the cost is too high. But anyways. um, Yeah. So. No, it wasn't. It used to be that if you turned off your radios, you uh, could reasonably go through a store without being tracked like this. But uh, once you have this operating thing, um, you're you're not really allowed to turn off your radios anymore, as far as I can tell. Uh, there there is no indication that turning off Bluetooth on your phone stops the COVID tracking. But I imagine, I, and and this is not. I don't have I don't have direct information saying this, but it. it just knowing what I know about the way programmers think is if it were possible to short circuit the entire app by just leaving Bluetooth off, then there would be people freaking out about this in, in the articles because somebody would have pointed it out. Somebody would have mentioned, I guarantee that that a programmer doing a, a you know thread analysis or a program analysis would definitely pull out and be like, well, you know, this only works if the Bluetooth is on. And every one of the articles that I read, all of which seem to think that tracing, pe- tracking people everywhere they go just because of a virus is a good idea, would be freaking out if for some reason you could thwart that tracking by turning off your Bluetooth. So at this point, I'm going to go with the safe route and assume that these new operating system updates do not allow you to turn off this particular Bluetooth pinging. Combine that with the fact that it took all of a day and a half for security researchers to turn that constant pinging into the ability to track you everywhere you go um, does not fill me with a lot of hope for the future of this technology. 
and and I'm certainly not taking the Android system update. Well, and or if you do open up your phone and cut that little Bluetooth uh, antenna, yeah. because I don't I mean, I don't use Bluetooth for anything on my phone. I understand there are wireless headphones and stuff you can use. That's great. There's still a headphone port in my phone. That's what I use. And so I, but I don't mind people that use the wireless earbuds. But with that said, if you're really concerned about this stuff, you could pop your phone open very carefully and uh, just disable the Bluetooth entirely because it still shows that you can turn it off. But somebody that knows what they're doing is going to have to test this and see how it works when it comes to the I, COVID I, I tracking. I am eager to I am eager to gain some information as to somebody somebody actually determining whether or not it blocks this kind of tracking if you tell your bluetooth to shut off or or otherwise you know there there are a number of phones out there where the the turn off is actually a hardware shut off which i like those better i'd even like better a physical switch that can't be turned back on with software because i imagine if if there's a hardware shut off and the software really does need to be running or think it needs to be running then the os will just be like yeah we'll turn this back on yeah we need it bluetooth is on mysteriously yeah my default for my phone is Wi-Fi on, but Bluetooth off and mobile data off. So that's and and and, and you know that my default for my phone is in the fucking drawer. Yeah, but you've it, what's on, what's off, or is the whole thing off? No, it can't be off because we hear Yoko every now and then. I yeah, just because I enjoy her soothing voice. Yeah, it is. It's very soothing, Yoko. Yeah, my God, you want to your glass break or Yoko? I'll go glass breaking, but. The privacy aspect of this, as we all know, I, I really, I really like the Glass Houses album. The Glass Houses album was great. Billy Joel, 1980. First album I ever bought with my own cash. Vinyl, baby. But this this tracking stuff is, you're right. This is the author, or author, <laughs> authoritarian way is to have a reason. It's a really good reason. It's a bad virus. Everybody should be safe. Let us track you. Now, I want to know what's going to happen. When there's a vaccine, because we're hearing magical vaccine, maybe by November 4th. Amazing, huh? That yeah. once this is, uh, there's a vaccine, then what do you, you don't need trackers anymore. So they're going to remove those all from the phones, right? Oh, oh, that's naive. <laughs> you think? You think? I, I can't. You know, that, that, okay. So in order to control people through their emotions, there's a number of things. And I, I am certainly no psychologist. And, and in fact, uh, the one psychology class that I took in in uh, uh, junior college was I ended up getting a D in because the professor was so awful that I just walked out and didn't do the final project. But um, I I did learn uh, human psychology does fascinate me. One of the important ways that you control a group like this you you need to make sure that you keep them scared because you. You know, you, you, it's hard to control people who are thinking, so you have to keep them off balance. You have to keep them uh, amygdala forward. You have to keep them leading with their emotions. And fear is one of the most powerful ways to do this. And this is something you know, every single crisis that we have seen in the United States since World War II has followed this formula. It is, first of all, you, you give them an enemy, you give them something to fear, you give them something to be afraid of. And, you know, they have to be afraid of even more than being afraid of the, you know, totalitarians, the government, whatever, whatever authority is pushing it. Once they have that, you have to keep pushing on that and make it the most frightening thing in the world. This is where news propaganda really shines. Um, in order to keep people 
in the fear stage and from moving on, you know, you, there, there are the stages of grief or whatever it is where you move on through, uh, you, you, you know, denial and then, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the other ones are. Um, the only thing I know is that I've been anger. Stuck. Come on. You I've know, been anger permanently stuck on angry since 1982. <laughs> right. But, um, what you can't do is you cannot let them go into the, the acceptance stage because once that happens, then, then any further fear propaganda doesn't affect. So in order to keep them out of the acceptance stage, you have to give them hope that things will get better. And that hope can take the form of, uh, you know, we might win the war. Uh, that hope can be, we might, uh, develop a, vi- uh, a vaccine for the virus, whatever it is, you've got to give them that. But, and here's the important thing about it is that you, while you always need to give them hope that the problem will be solved, if only you just give up your rights for a little while longer, you never actually allow that hope to be fulfilled because you can't solve the problem because then you're back to square one and you can't use the same crisis over again. Um, that, that's why, you know, for, for example, uh, the, the hope of, uh, oh, 14 days to flatten the curve. If you would just give up all of your rights and shut down your life for two weeks, then we can get over this fear that we've given you. And remember, this this requires a, a powerful propaganda machine to make sure that you are good and scared of whatever it is they say you should be scared of. That shuts off your rational thought and you prevent it from turning back on by saying, oh, yeah, two weeks and we'll be good. We'll be through this in two weeks. Five months later. Oh yeah. Well, as soon as there's a vaccine, we can be through this. It don't believe it. Yeah, the, not it. They, they are dangling a carrot in front of you. What they are doing, they are dangling. It's Lucy with her goddamn football. She yeah. is going to hold that in front of you. That's your vaccine. And you go up and you be like, yes, please stab me with these DNA altering drugs that will probably give me cancer because nobody fucking tested it. And at the end, they're going to be like, well, not enough people got the vaccine. We've got to stay locked down. I'm sorry. Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind was the Illinois tollway system, which I looked it up to see when it actually started. The first three tollways in the Chicago area were opened in 1958. And the promise was once all the money was paid back that it cost to to put the roads in, the tolls would all disappear. Uh, That was 1958. This is 2020. Um, No, tolls are still there and going up every year. Uh, that's well, that's that's another constant of bureaucracy that I can't believe people keep falling for is the uh we'll we'll just take raise taxes now but don't worry we'll be able to move them back down yeah you might be able to but you fucking won't uh, well the, he- Jerry Pornell had uh, a, a rule that I absolutely believe is true he he called it Pornell's ironclad rule of bureaucracy are you familiar with this one i'm familiar with him not of his rule of bureaucracy well the pornell's ironclad rule of bureaucracy is that bureaucracies exist first and foremost the number one priority of every bureaucracy is the continued existence and expansion of that bureaucracy no matter why they were founded no matter what they do no matter uh, what they say they want or will do, their number one goal of every bureaucracy is to continue the bureaucracy. And the idea that you ever would uh, step down and return rights to the people you've taken from them or uh, end a, a bonus tax that you've allocated because of an emergency, the idea that that would ever be given back 
goes directly against Pornell's ironclad law of bureaucracy. The, it, you, you do not create a brand new department of raising taxes without knowing that that department is going to fight tooth and claw to make it continue forever. Um, you, you are old enough to remember uh, a little thing that happened in September of 2001, now 19 years ago, uh, which sparked the creation of the Homeland Security Department, the the war on terror, all kinds of things. And um, we haven't had any other buildings fall down since 2001 uh, based or due to terrorist attacks that I'm aware of. So uh, they just went ahead and, and shut down the TSA and the Homeland Security, right? Isn't that what happened? Right. The TSA is doing a great job. Wait, what? Who are you and what happened to Darren? <laughs> they're, the, they're there to hassle you and make your trips horrible, <sighs> right? They're, they, 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 are, they are one of the primary reasons why I refuse to fly ever. And the fact that you don't fit in the seats. Because, I mean, because of height. Well, not- well <laughs> everything about the flight. We, we've talked about that one already back in January when when we thought that the most horrible thing that could happen to me was having to fly to Hawaii to see my mom. Yeah. Little did we know. Little did you know, a massive worldwide pandemic was about to strike the earth. Uh, well, yeah. In so, in so much as yeah, I, I still maintain there is no pandemic of a virus. There is a pandemic of fear. There's there's a pandemic of propaganda and people submitting to authoritarians and no and did you hear dictators Wayne the Rock Johnson his wife and his kids they all have Rona now so that's that proves it's a pandemic or danger Lucy's whatever danger Will Robbins and I, d- I'm just saying what you you obviously you, you don't need to and, and they did something smart they used a real virus there is a real virus. Uh, you don't need to make up your own virus when there's so many of them out there. You just pick one and you give it some incredible PR. I like um, PR. Uh, uh, well, the, so does fucking coronavirus. I mean, not the corona people that make the beer. They didn't quite like the name, but that's. Uh, that's are are you kidding me? I, I imagine <laughs> that their sales have gone up immensely because of people just relishing that little pun. Jimmy Buffett is ready to go on tour to promote this corona. I can see that. I can see that happening. And just the way the media covers stuff, just a very quick aside. I saw a Yahoo News headline, which was because of a deferment that the Trump administration has done on taxes for the rest of this year. The headline was workers will see smaller paychecks next year due to Trump. But they don't mention it was because it was for the deferred taxes you're not paying this year. So, I mean. The headline could have gone either way. It could have been you're going to have lower, you know, your paychecks are going to be bigger for the rest of this year or they're going to be smaller next. Either way would have been true because you're deferring payment. If if the if the complete destruction of middle class businesses doesn't destroy the economy for 25 years to come, it will be this modern monetary theory that they're implementing and exercising. This is this is insidious. It's the Great Reset, which we now understand why they've been against Bitcoin as hard as they have been. I mean, they being the you know deep state sorts. No control. When you can't control something, or, or do they? Do you think they have control of Bitcoin? <laughs> I, I think it's naive to think that they don't have any control. Yes. Yeah, that's, I guess I, that's an interesting I, I, thing. I would believe that they don't have as much control over Bitcoin as they have over the dollar or the euro. But it would be naive to think they don't have any control over it. Now, how did this whole thing play in when the the CenturyLink 
had a little bit of a routing issue like about a week ago. And you had a day of some massive issues. No agenda social was down. And that that happens every now and then, but it hadn't happened for a while. And the way I realized there was something more going on was I thought it was something, you know, maybe with the pie hole or something like that, because I noticed that the sites that were opening were doing so fairly slowly. And then I went and ran it through a VPN on my uh, iPad and it opened up immediately. So I'm like, well, I thought it was maybe something with the pie hole. It turns out it was just depending where I was being routed. But I went into the pie hole and saw that the software was out of date. So I tried to do an update. And that's for the first time ever, it was like, cannot resolve GitHub or whatever site they use. And I think it was GitHub. And I'm like, well, that's weird <laughs> that, uh, that that wasn't working. And all these major sites just went down because it seems like somebody put in a wrong number into a routing table. And I had no idea. I mean, I, I understand home networking. This was a BGP routing mistake. And I looked up BGP yeah. routing and my eyes just glazed over, man. This is above my pay grade. But obviously, this is something to do with how all of these major backbones route stuff. And uh, I guess somebody did the wrong thing here. Yeah, it's I mean, it's the same thing as your home router where you've got uh, a bunch of ports on the router and you've got uh, uh, an internal table of, okay, this IP address goes out to this port and this IP address goes out to this port. And when you want this IP address or, you know. Uh, with with your home router, it's usually okay if you want the IP address of this computer, it goes to this port, which is the one it's plugged into, and this computer goes to this, and uh, by default, everything else goes out to the internet. And then you know, there's some more. Com- and now, now when you're talking router at the ISP level, multiply that by about a hundred million. Yeah, yeah. When I black hole and- something, it just affects my my little uh, <clears throat> a few devices. When somebody accidentally black holes something at this level. Uh- Everybody has issues. Yeah, it's um, and uh, it humans are uh, human. As long as humans are a component of your technical system, humans can be a failure point. With that, that has been a theme of of today's show. Whether whether that be the you know trying to get somebody to pick up a thumb drive or paying them a million dollars to compromise their employer or or just uh, fat fingering the keyboard when entering a routing number. Yeah, it shows exactly how fragile this whole system is. And the article on uh, bleepingcomputer.com says no official postmortem report has been issued, um, but a status message provides some insight summary on August 30th, 2020. CenturyLink identified an issue to the affected users in multiple markets. The IP Network Operations Center was engaged in initial research identified enough an offending flow spec announcement prevented. Border gateway protocol from establishing across multiple elements throughout the Century Link network. So yeah, otherwise, uh, big bad and, and that confused. that was a lot of gibberish that that tells me that something broke. Uh huh. That, that that that's usually the way it is, right? Like, well, we'd like to tell you about the who's he what's it with the Reggie boot, and then the um, the somebody about it went into the uh, uh, but we yes. got it all fixed. Just just reverse the polarity and and modify the phase variance, and I think we'll be good. Have you tried turning it off and on again? The the internet? Yes. That was, that was still, society. We're, we're doing that with society right now. Yeah. You know, kind of. They, 
they are trying to turn it off and back on again. It is the great reset. And that was, I, we'll, I think we'll like, see if it reboots when, when we're finished with this shutdown. But if anybody's watched the it crowd, what's a great, but short series on the BBC when they actually had the episode where they had the box that they were told the girl, it was the internet. And then, <laughs> then something happened to it and people just start freaking out. That is kind of the way society looks right now. And unfortunately, people are not being very nice to each other in this society. People are getting killed. People are just damn near rude if you are wearing the wrong hat. I mean, it used to just be if you were wearing the wrong gang colors in Chicago or L.A. or New York. But, you know, now you can't wear a MAGA hat. You can't wear the wrong thing. There is a fight. I tried just not wearing a hat, thinking that that would just keep me out of it and ended up getting assaulted on the street for exercising my hair privilege. Right. You don't want to do that. But this, I think, is going a little too far. And this, I tease this in the newsletter. We do have a newsletter, crumpyoldbenz.com. You can sign up for that. So I want to make sure we talk about it during the show because I hate when we're like, hey, we're going to be talking about this. And then we talk for like six hours and go, oh, yeah, remember we said we were going to talk about we never got to that. Oh, and that's all the time we have today. Exactly. Well, see you next time, everybody. This, I found this on Lifehacker, which is just a horrible site as of late, but uh, I found this article interesting. I mean, the main reason I have a problem with Lifehacker is the whole top banner, which takes up about a sixth or so of their website. And it looks like this is across all of their things, everything, you know, the onion, Jezebel, Gizmodo, all this is the Black Lives Matter fist. With huge text that says enough, and then smaller text that I'll, says the extrajudicial killings of black people must stop. Click here to read our coverage. And my answer would be, fuck you. It's not the reality of the situation. But how, how do you not use a CSS uh, uh, filter to I, remove that shit? I don't go to this page enough, but you're that, that's that will be on the list of things to do after today's show. But this. The interesting thing is there's a font that somebody came out with that I had no idea already. I had no idea you could have a script associated with a font because the way this I hate it already. You should because this is blocking that shit on my U matrix. The font is available at the polite type dot com. And if you sounds like a tremendous security hole, I think so. Because this thing is doing things like, you know, you type F-U-C-K, it blurs it or replaces the language, which to me. Oh, why? Why? Why are you making me hate this even more? Because I didn't realize that you, one, you this was even a font. thing. You had me at font. You lost me at script. It is. It's a font with a script that will either blur profanities and will promote anti-racist and inclusive language. The the nice okay. liberals well, over at Lifehackers. Here's what you need to know, and it tells you wh- how. To, what is this font site? I'm I'm asking for my pie hole. Or your pie hole would be the polite type t y p e dot com. Okay. Uh, and domain blocked. Excellent. Thank you. This part is pretty straightforward. You just type a word or sentence, and the font automatically blurs what it considers to be insults, slurs, or other offensive language. The tricky part is it has its own idea of what constitutes offensive language. So, for instance, yeah, I was going to say, where, where, where do I get this technology so that I can block everything I consider offensive language, like everything that comes out of HuffPo? 
Every, everybody should just be able to edit the world as it appears to them. And that everybody maybe could be yes, happy. This is that's what we need is more information bubbles. I, this, yeah, this is from the life hacker articles that says, so for instance, fuck and asshole are blurred while shit and crap are not douche and bastard are both blurred as well. And then in other cases, it automatically swaps words they've deemed to be offensive with alternatives. Like you type in bitch, it automatically morphs into female dog. Cunt That's becomes vulva and cock becomes rooster. <laughs> I, it, and, and that changes the meaning. How every time that you decide that a word is, is offensive and switch it out for a word that you don't consider offensive. Here's a hint. It makes the new one offensive and doesn't really change the idea at all. Yes. That, that uh, censoring language like that never works. I think, I mean, I love the article. I mean, as far as the comedy portion, I don't think that the writer Elizabeth Yuko meant it to be funny, but this is hilarious. Says technically the profanity part is just one component of the font's primary aim of encouraging inclusive language as a way to prevent cyberbullying. There is strong anti-racism components, which changes everything offensive to the more inclusive term. It changes words or phrases to make them kinder. For example, is the font is the font censoring this article? Because otherwise, it's not doing a very good job of filtering out offensive content. Now, she says, for example, it changes. I hate you to I disagree with you. Ooh, it changes. You are oh, ugly are to two very different concepts. <laughs> Do you want to guess what it changes? You are ugly to <laughs> um, it. I, I, I appreciate your butterface. You are not traditionally beautiful. <laughs> what the uh, this this article offends me. It changes. You are ugly too. You are not traditionally beautiful. Has anybody ever said those words to somebody? I want to know. Anybody? Do you ever just have a fight with somebody and you say to them, "We, we should probably, you. you are not traditionally beautiful." We should probably finish this segment and get out of the podcast or you're going to you're going to hear what a live vomit sounds like on this show. And it changes your stupid to your silly. <laughs> Again, completely separate concepts. Now, see, the funny thing is you're crazy it, it, I, is left as I, is. So you don't want to mess with crazy people. I, I OK, the one that gets to me the most because it it changes the content and meaning of the sentence so significantly is I hate you is not interchangeable with. I disagree with you. No, uh, the, the only way that that works is if your entire audience are the kind of leftist douchebags who have never learned critical thinking skills and only lead with emotions. And then agreement is love and disagreement is hate. And they don't accept that there's any difference between the two, but for people who have developed the ability to use their brain without it being completely erased by the indoctrination centers, hate and disagreement are very different terms. For example, I hate you, but I agree with you in a lot of cases. Thank you. I disagree with lots of other people, but I don't hate most of them. You understand the difference? Yes. The language, I mean, this is really something right out of 1984. And Sir Matthew, you are right. You are fabulous, buddy. No question about it. Thanks for being in the troll room. But my question is, how does this even work? Does anybody, I mean, I haven't looked into it, but I was just never aware of, I always thought of fonts because I've downloaded a lot of them for doing artwork, especially for no agenda that a font 
could have an aspect that would even do this, that would even know what you're typing beyond letter to letter. The fact that a font can look and recognize words and phrases becomes scary. What should, what, is there something people should be looking for to make sure this isn't happening? Is there like another? We, we never should have moved off of Times New Roman. I'm just telling oh, you, it's yeah. been all downhill from there. I mean, Helvetica's nice. You know, I like Ariel. I mean, I've always been a fan, but uh, I, I need I need my serifs. It's a crutch. You got to have all the uh, got to have the equal spacing. Actually, the monospace terminal font was was pretty much what I grew up on. And uh, there's something to be said for being able to arrange columns correctly. And there's something to be said for that beautiful green glow of those old monitors. Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure I got eye cancer from those things several <laughs> times over. It was amazing. Well, at least it was worth it. So, I mean, I the s- big CRTs the size of your desk. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, you want to talk about keeping the between the computer, the PC, uh, the CPUs themselves. But those monitors in the winter, oh, my God, could they keep a room warm? <laughs> oh, it was great. <laughs> Never had to worry about heat. No, no. I mean, I, I remember that man in our townhouse that I'd uh, be working out of the house. So, I mean, the wife who always gets cold, you know, she'd go to work in the winter and I would just turn the heat off and I'm sitting in the office all day with the CPU. And I think it was a 27 inch monitor going at the time. And it would be like 70 degrees in the office. And eventually I'd go like a few hours later to go grab lunch and it'd be like, oh, it's like 48 degrees down here. <laughs> how did that happen? Have I? Have I ever told you the story about how the HVAC was was uh, organized at at Microsoft in the office blocks? No, it, it, I mean this was 15 years ago before Open Office floor plan managed to ruin productivity for everybody. But uh, we had individual offices that could shut, and uh, every block of six offices had it was one thermostat that controlled a block of six offices every time. And so one in six people would get a thermostat and everybody else was just beholden to that thermostat. Right. This problem was this one's too cold. Well, the problem was when you had people who closed their door, then and especially if you didn't have a thermostat, you were at the mercy and it could get sweltering hot. So one of the things we'd always do when we moved into new offices was we would find uh, whichever of our coworkers had the thermostat. And then we would go and take all of our test servers and move them into that guy's office. (laughs) <laughs> it because, works because with with the thermostat he was going to be uh or she but i think it was usually a dude uh was always going to be comfortable because they had the thermostat it was just going to be whatever comfort level they needed but if they had all the servers then it would pipe the ac in and keep the rest of the offices cool genius i yeah. mean you always had me you had a problem you had to find a solution and you did because you are a problem solver we should get out of this episode. That's what people say. Before we you. end up you know, like no agenda length. Well, those are long, but they bring a lot of good technical stuff. They bring a lot of, you know, okay, the media. Uh, it, uh, hog story length. Oh, yeah. We don't want to go that long. Although the Joe Rogan with Adam Curry, four hours long. If they don't edit something out of there or if Spotify, I mean, we'll see right away if Spotify goes. Yeah, no. Or, or you know, Adam, yeah. talked about, Adam talked I, about I, it being a four hour episode. The other thing you might find with Spotify is like. Yeah, Joe, here's the uh, finished episode with you and Adam Curry. It's like uh, 35 minutes long. Well, 33 minutes long. I yeah, they, they, I, I my opinion on the Spotify story uh, is I, I don't want to read malice into that until we have more facts. And I don't think we have Agreed. them. Uh, and and I, I don't necessarily. OK, I don't want to read malice into the idea that Spotify is censoring things. I I don't see enough evidence for me to honestly believe that. 
you know, I got sidetracked because Facebook is very obviously evil in this case. And I don't think Spotify is the thing that I will lay at Spotify's feet and, and definitely call them bad for is just the idea that they're locking down content into their walled garden. And this is, this is a little bit like, uh, you know, chastising a scorpion for stinging things or or it's what they do. But, um, I, I really liked the idea that the content was free and openly and more, most importantly, anonymously available out on the internet. And I too, like you have never particularly been huge on following Joe Rogan. Like I don't go out and get all of his episodes the moment they come out, but people will send me links and every once in a while I'll peruse the headlines and see if there's somebody interesting on the show that I really want to see an interview with. And I'll go do that. And on YouTube, I don't have to log in to see that. And, um, I know that this is probably going to mark me as a curmudgeon. And I know that my brother would probably uh, point and laugh at me for, I can't believe you already haven't done, but I'm not going to get a Spotify account just to watch Rogan. Um, I'll wait for somebody to repost it somewhere. Yeah. That's the easier way to go against it. Might've been, I I am against having to log in to anything in order to view content. I believe it was our buddy, Harry hamster in the troll room that mentioned trying to get Spotify on the Roku and I, I use Roku too. I understand. I also understand the uh, the data mining that that thing is doing, which is why I run it through uh, you know VPNs and stuff like that. But he was talking about trying to get the Spotify thing on Roku and mentioning that when it finally did get to work, it was just telling him that he should go for a paid account. So that's going to be the other problem with people that are like, hey, it's everything is going to be the same. You can still watch Joe Rogan and listen for free, except for the fact you're probably going to get like 20 minutes of Spotify going, don't you want to pay? Don't you want to pay? <laughs> Don't you want to pay? Come on. That, 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 is, that is what we call advertising. And if I can't block it at my pie hole again, don't need the content. It was Harry Hamster. So, hey, Harry, if it ever starts getting better, let us know. But with that said, we will be back on Monday to talk about all sorts of stuff. Yet again, we might have a special guest coming on Monday. It is a holiday in the United States. Although, as you mentioned, Ryan, uh, most people have been on holiday since about February, March sometime. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little holidayed out at this point. We will be, uh, we will be grumping our way through Labor Day. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is still beautiful, but I don't have any new booze yet in my hands. And from America's left coast, where I have tried turning it off and back on again, I'm Ryan Bemrose. <laughs>